goodness. Um, so, so what happened at the uh, Western Mountain Challenge? It's a shoot. It's a shoot slash show, or just a is it is it more show based or more shoot based? Uh, I'd say like ninety percent shoot, ten percent show. I mean, there's I don't know, Garrett. What do you think? I mean, there's probably there's more vendors this year than there was any year, but. Yeah, this year um, there was a, there were a ton of vendors, so it wasn't, yeah, wasn't like, like it was last year. Like last year, there's like a couple. Yeah, I don't know how many were there last year. Like seven, maybe. Yeah, there was me, and it wasn't uh, like a big like you know G four had a huge spread. Yeah, uh, it I was, talked two of my buddies into getting one. Um, yeah, I think Elk River actually kind of did it on their own, and then I talked my buddy Hunt Tag Mike over there to get getting one. I need then, to get uh, a hold of him and get some of those things dude yeah he's got a heck of a product i wish i would have thought of it but it's what is it <laughs> it's uh, uh with the with the oregon uh changes in the in the regulations for tagging they mm-hmm. basically created a, a a need for this product uh that he created which is basically a way to tag your animal so hmm. uh the new tagging system absolutely sucks but it created a uh, opportunity for a guy to make money no well good yeah. for him yeah, now so, yeah. now we have to. If you don't have the paper tagging, you have like an e tag, but you still have to tag with like a validation number on the animal itself. So like you can't just validate it in your phone. You have to actually have a piece of paper or something on it. Yeah. So he created like the, it's like a tag essentially, but it's like weather resistant and all that. Yeah. yeah. So cool. like, how do you attach a paper tag in the rain on a bear? Right. Yeah. Well, he solves that issue. So. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great product and so I've been helping them promote it and stuff and Yeah. It's, it's a good Oh, tag. I wonder uh do you guys remember I'm pretty sure I well, I, I heard about it a couple places, but I remember Steve Steve Rinello talked about it where the guy I'm pretty sure it was in Pennsylvania or maybe it was Ohio, the Amish guy that shot that like two hundred and forty inch deer and they they ended up they busted him. Because he like he shot that or he shot a smaller one, tagged it, and then uh, shot the like monster, and then like switched the tags around or something. Mm. Something it was it was weird, and that's how the DNR of whatever state it was ended up catching him. And so I'm one, and they find him like like an exorbitant oh, you shoot amount of money. Trophy whitetail, you get fined so yeah. many dollars. Oh yeah, you're from Ohio. That's right. It was either yeah. Pennsylvania or Ohio. The fact that it was an Amish guy makes me think it was Pennsylvania. But <laughs> there's a uh, lot of Amish in Ohio too. You gotta yeah, watch those yeah. Amish people. Yeah. yeah. There's also uh, a lot of Amish in Minnesota for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so but anyway, long story short, they I I, I kind of I wonder if these like DNR agencies for the states are kind of seeing like, oh we can if we trip people up on or if we catch people tagging them wrong then we can we can find find people and drive up uh drive up fine costs or fine revenue i should say so yeah i I think i think this one was just uh wasn't thought through very well yeah and uh they're even the osp agents are like this is going to be an effing nightmare so you know i I don't know i mean i it is what it is i'm still going to go hunting you know i'm going to abide by whatever rules they make however dumb and stupid they are. Um, yeah. I'm just going to do what I do and go out and go hunt. So yeah, um, I found go. it interesting when people were like, well, this is going to allow poachers to poach easier. I'm like, well, not really. Cause they're just going to do it anyways. Cause they already were Yeah, like, you know, it might, the people that were on that, on the fence with it might 
push more that direction, but you could poach with the old system too. You could, you oh, could yeah, um, you know, kill something and, and then tag it properly, legally, take it home, sign an affidavit, go into the OF, uh, ODF and W office, sign an affidavit and get into brand new tag. So you never hunted. Just all you have to do is lie. Yeah. So, you know, if people are, I, I don't buy that people are like I'm with Gary, you know, if you're going to poach, you're going to poach. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a never, certain type of it's a certain tag. type of person. You would the, just, you the, just, the the method of how you have to tag. I don't think it's really going to uh, uh, sway a person one way yeah. or another. It might you make just it easier. Wouldn't tag it at all, or yeah, you know, it just you would just not do it anyways. Yeah, I mean, like it, oh, it, I shot a dink, but I see this bigger <laughs> thing over here. So that happened oop. to me last year. Yeah, I shot I shot <laughs> the buck I thought I was after, uh-huh. and I completely ignored because I was after a certain buck, and so. Um, <laughs> I shot it and then I walk up to it and there, there was complete, like clearly a bigger buck with them, but I wanted that one. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. so, uh, it's <laughs> like, I walked up to him like, this isn't even the buck <laughs> and shit. That one's walking like 15 feet behind the truck now. Like I could just shoot it right there. It's like, yeah, it was what it was. It was, it was a cool deer, but it wasn't, you know, I was waiting. That happened, that happened was- to a good buddy of mine, uh, who owns a, well, so his his dad is the um uh he's in charge of two very large boy scout camps here in in the midwest and one of the one of the scout camps they live right next to and they are the only like family that has the ability uh to hunt it uh and so it's this like huge reserve with like tons and tons of food uh and uh my my friend i won't i won't say his name so people don't uh don't start tracking him down uh, but he is, uh, I, I would venture to guess he's killed at, at least 10 whitetails. He's been hunting for, I would guess about 10, 10, probably 15 years. And he's probably killed 10 whitetails over 150 inches. Uh, and I mean, I would venture to say probably at least six or seven of those have been over 170 inches. And, uh, like two or three years ago, he, he said he had his, his biggest year so far, I think he's like almost 200. It was like 198. And, uh, he, he said he saw the biggest deer of his life, like so big, it was making him like shake, like freak out shaking and pulled the gun up. He's, he had to, he hunts out of a blind. He's got this like huge, like it's a PRS rifle, like what we were talking about before, uh, uh, in six, five Creedmoor mm-hmm. and takes this chip, takes a chip shot at like, you know, 120 yards of this deer, uh, sees it fall over. Uh, uh, you know, gets the stuff, walks up to it, and it's the wrong deer. Oh. And, and he was like, "Oh my god!" And he was like, "You always like yeah, who was there was some that girl that uh, she was like the first person to have a uh, a tattoo in Miss USA or whatever. Same, the kind of the same thing happened to her on like some elk hunting show. Mm. Uh, like I think she ended up she shot either she was supposed to shoot a bull or I don't know something happened, but she shot the wrong the wrong animal. And uh, he was like. I remember like ever after afterwards thinking, you know, it, it I, you always laugh when it happens to somebody else, but then, <laughs> then when, when the moment comes down to it, it's, I guess it's not that hard to do. So I kind of felt bad for him, but I don't feel that bad because he always kills deer over. Uh, I think this year he, he shot a dinker of like 165 inches. Oh jeez, uh, Poor guy. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, we're doing our first collaboration episode. I don't know. I don't think it's your first collaboration episode, is it? Mm-mm. No, I've done. Oh. I've done a few now. Oh well. Okay, you're my, you're my, <laughs> you're my you're my first Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
we'll pop that collaboration chair. <laughs> We're hanging out tonight uh, with Garrett Weaver from On Point Podcast with Garrett Weaver. Uh, your is your YouTube channel also called On Point? No. Um, okay. I, I use my logo and stuff from On Point, but it's it's just Garrett Weaver. <laughs> gotcha. That's before gotcha. all that stuff was even a, a thought. So yeah, branding. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, well, we're uh, we're excited to uh, hang out with Garrett tonight. Uh, the other Garrett, man, this is going to get bad. I can already tell. Um, we're excited oh. to hang out with Garrett tonight. Uh, he's been doing this podcast thing for it was about a about a year now. He said right? uh, May seventh. I downloaded my first episode, so it's just over just over a month or a year and a month. So gotcha. Yeah. So we're both uh, both kind of newbies in the podcast arena and. Uh, uh, Garrett Fairchild, one of our hosts, uh, kind of turned us on to uh, Garrett's. Man, see, this is God. This is not going to be good. <laughs> on point, you just you uh, say on point. Or should something. we just do we- Weaver and Fairchild? Weaver oh, is no. fine. I that is totally cool. <laughs> All right, uh, Fairchild turned us on like to Weaver's PD podcast, plus. and uh, uh, we've been listening to a couple of them the last uh, uh, last couple of weeks as they've been coming out, and uh, like the guy, I think we I think we stand for a lot of the same thing, and we wanted to hang out and do do an episode together. So I'm thanks for joining us. I'm glad to have you on. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, both of our podcasts and, and your YouTube channel specifically, I want you to talk about that. Uh, both of our podcasts, uh, and your YouTube channel revolve around kind of, you know, helping people and educating people and, and offering, offering insight, uh, uh, with, uh, hands-on experience with certain pieces of gear that they may otherwise not not get the chance to to go out and and touch and feel. Um, what what has been your your experience and your feedback and being able to to provide that uh, that help to people that that need it? Uh, it's really really empowering and and rewarding. Honestly, I mean, like everybody says, when you give a gift, you get a lot more back. Like endorphins and your brain does all whole bunch of sorts of things when you give a gift and and you know it's been harder than i expected uh, coming out with with a bunch of videos um you know we have over 100 videos now uh, a lot of those are podcast yeah. videos um yeah but i'm probably around 80 to 90 how-to videos probably or just archery videos and so that's just, that's in like a three and a half year span so man that's a lot of time it's a lot of work hey, yeah yeah um, yeah uh, what what the hell do you talk about in your 90th you know something video so i mean it's <laughs> it's uh so you know i basically it's it's really rewarding to answer your question and i didn't know that people were so hungry for information and there's a lot of reasons why i started mine but a lot of them weren't good reasons. I just wanted to show how far I could shoot a bow originally. <laughs> so <laughs> it was just a selfish, douchish standpoint, you know, like I bought the Halon and, and I uh, was shooting it lights out and it's just like, I'm going to get noticed by shooting it 200 yards. And, and yeah. <laughs> so, and then guys are like, well, how are you doing that? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, let me, let me think about it and I'll get back to you. You know? And so I started, like, started like, getting gear lifts together, my, my arrow setup, you know, everything and kind of just yeah. snowballed into what it is today. Yeah. So, but what about you guys? How'd you guys start off? Well, uh, I guess the thought of our podcast started probably, I don't know how long, when, when was the first, 
two years ago probably two, three years ago yeah, yeah it was oh, a yeah. long time before we actually pulled the trigger and started yeah doing like what took so long yeah uh everyone everyone <laughs> thinking someone else was gonna do it well yeah i'm not too. i'm not i'm not gonna name names someone else did try and do one and it didn't do very well it was awful uh, uh <laughs> um uh i it's better to just not say <laughs> yeah we're gonna we're gonna keep that one to ourselves but it was actually kind of well if you want to talk about douchey intentions i yeah, guess, so I guess mine. our intentions yeah, were not the uh, best either <laughs> our, when we very first started i said i want to absolutely crush this podcast in like the first month i like i literally went and followed them on all their social media and i was like like here are their numbers i want to beat all of their numbers in 30 days and then we did, uh, did. It, it, it it wasn't yeah it wasn't anyone very big but oh, okay. it was it was someone from our community that oh. uh, we didn't feel best represented us, and they were the first ones to jump in to do it. Uh, yeah. we'll which I mean, Jen. I guess good. I guess good on them for doing it. <laughs> uh, but then it like quickly spiraled, like in a direction that we knew it was going to go. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I yeah. guess that was our very... that was our douchey and our douchey intention, or at yeah. least mine. <laughs> no, I was I was in the same boat. It was like I don't like this person being the one speaking for our quote unquote community. Right. Interesting. Just, but like it was just going down that same direction of the way that everybody, like all the insta famous people, want to go. Like mm-hmm. you could tell that they were trying to. I don't. I can't think of the right word right now pander i guess to the the mainstream yeah i think pander's a good word community and that's not like work more of like the alternative community i think both of our podcasts are because we're we try to not be biased as far as like you know don't have sponsors don't want sponsors want to be able to say whatever the hell we want right so this guy was uh we'll just call him ken because dane cook has that joke about there's a Ken in there. <laughs> uh, so Ken was trying to just be, you know, get his way into the industry or, I mean, he's just kind of like being. Yes. Yeah. Well, th- this individual was, was most definitely trying to get into the industry. Uh, and uh, for the, yeah, like for the, all the, all the wrong reasons. For the, the typical reasons. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. typical reasons yeah. that everybody, every, like not everybody, but a lot of people. You yeah. See these yeah. Days do. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's that's pretty common anymore now. Yeah. I mean, I mean everybody, it, everybody wants to be that person that that gets the most likes or whatever, and that's yeah. unfortunately, you know, like I, I've gone through phases where it's like, you know, what's important, and then just you know, when I'm doing things that don't come natural or aren't genuine, I just feel dirty. Even when yeah. I'm out there hunting, yeah. I'm taking a photo. I'm like, why am I taking this? photo like yeah this isn't this isn't what yeah, i would definitely. do if i didn't have a freaking instagram like why why am i right. doing this and it's like still kind of how i feel about yeah. filming hunts and whatnot too it's just because oh. i don't right. like my one i don't like my voice two it just mm. feels unnatural <laughs> to, yep. definitely. to film things but mm. then i come back like you know then i think back on it i'm like man i really wish i could share that with other people especially yeah. when i'm yeah. by myself and like the stuff yep. that i see and encounter is like that was really awesome. I really wish other people could see it and experience it with me, but I didn't turn the damn camera on. Yeah. Right. Well, my turkey hunting film this year, I had a couple of them. Um, that that was really fun. That was legitimately fun filming, and, and one of them was self-filmed. And then the other one, I had my best friend and my uh, one of my other really good friends, 
And uh, I'm like, I just want people to see how we are. Like, I just want people yeah, to actually right. like understand how big of a dork I am and how like much <laughs> fun we have. Yeah, like you know, like oh, we're always and, dicking uh, up. Yeah, and, and it's funny. Like, I, I don't turkey hunt. Like, this is the first year I've ever actually tried to kill a turkey. Did you like it? Did you like it? It, it was fun. <laughs> Hell yes, you like it. It was fun. It was fun. I'll be doing yeah, it more. Hunting is fun. I don't care what you say, yeah. Fairchild and Blaine. Just, turkey hunting is a good time. I told it you. is a good time. Because I'm not good at it. That's why it pisses me off. Exactly. <laughs> Same here. I suck I just, at it, but in Orosburg, you can suck and still kill something with it when it comes to turkey hunting. So I yeah, could probably, if I spent a weekend doing it out at my buddy's place, I could kill a damn turkey, but oh, hell yeah. I'd rather spend that weekend doing something else like chasing bears. Yeah, I was going to say bear hunting. <laughs> okay, well, that's I, I, that's a little different, I guess. Uh, man, those... from, coming from coming from Missouri, we're like a top three uh, turkey state yeah. uh, in, in the country. And it, like, and my, my farm specifically, I'm saying all this and I had the worst turkey hunting year ever. Uh, um, but my farm is just like a gold mine. Like, I mean, we've taken so many big birds off, uh, off our property and, uh, yeah, I just, I grew up and just completely growing up. I completely fell in love with turkey hunting and, you know, it's, it's the, it's the poor man's elk. Uh, you know, we, <laughs> we get to finally have a little interaction with the animal that we're hunting for, cause we don't really get that with whitetail uh and uh it's yeah it's a good time so don't hate on me for hunting my little dinosaur my baby dinosaur elk gary if if that's all that i had (laughs) to hunt now i would but turkey season's the same time as elk or not elk season uh, well fall turkey is but turkey season's the same time as bear season so the fact that i had a bear tag i'm gonna go chase bears (laughs) kind of a no-brainer i'm in the middle i'm in the same boat but one evening i didn't have enough time to go kill a bear and then take care of it the next day so i was like i can go kill a turkey you know yeah. like i can yeah. do that and yeah. uh and actually like i'm not my 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 subscriber base isn't about turkey hunt videos so i got like less than probably a thousand views on the, on both of them but the ones that watched it are like that's my favorite turkey hunt video i've ever seen i'm like yes. really i'm gonna have to check it out i haven't yeah. you put it on your youtube video or on mm-hmm. youtube page yeah like we yeah. were, we're uh, me and my buddy are having like a calling contest like out in the woods because we both <laughs> suck yeah. so bad like yeah. we're using this scratch call i call it the little douche and uh <laughs> <laughs> it's a little deuce on there and so we're like scratching it my buddy is like awkwardly staring at the camera focusing on <laughs> But he's like, like scraping it like so hard. It looks like he's a serial killer. It's like, what, the fuck? what am I watching here? And uh, yeah, there's it's just it's just a bunch of fun because we know we suck and we know like if we just keep trying, we're gonna get a shot. So and it ended up being a spot in stock. And oh, nice. uh, best one man, turkey, best type. Yeah, because our turkey calls weren't working. I don't know why. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> It, it's just a lot of fun, man. And, and you know, like we they, we introduce people into the Taylor Swift thing um, our hunting group has, and uh, it's just it's just a bunch of fun, you know. Just probably yeah. how, how probably how everybody is out there in the woods when they don't have a camera. But we treated it like we didn't have a camera, and it was just a really fun time. It was actually one of the funnest edits I've done. It was it was a blast. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, That's I. I I'm, I'm kind of yet to make it through my elk season footage, but like there were no animals on the ground as a result of the whole season <laughs> but this i know that i got some good stuff on film so i need to make something out of it like at least just all of the parts of us dicking off and making stuff almost happen 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got like probably 15 minutes of Anthony crop dusting me this year. That was awesome. Because <laughs> every time I'm following him, like he'd like turn around and have like this like shitty smile. I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> I know, I know again, what you just did. Again, like we are on a 350 bowl and you're farting. What if the wind switches? <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, let's just shit like that, man. I mean, that's that's us. That's what we do. And it's it's fun to actually start sharing that with people. And my hunting partners hate filming in the moment. But when we go back and I edit or I show them the footage, like, okay, that might have been worth it. I'm like, yeah, I'm straight. That's yeah. worth it. Even yeah. if it's yeah. just for us, you know, I always feel awkward, like turning the camera like i'm usually the one with the camera because it's my camera so Same like here. i'm usually the one filming and then my friends yeah. look over they're like what the what are you doing <laughs> like i'm filming man i'm trying to yeah well when i buy this film you're trying to be like born and raised you're hushing i'm like dude yeah no, i'm just gonna <sighs> never <Yeah>. mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah haters gonna hate man that's all i can say about that like you'll be happy later when you see how cool this is when you shoot a bull. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then when you shot something, then I know you're going to turn around and say, "Did you get it on film?" Yeah. Ooh, exactly. like, no. Yeah, you yelled at me to turn it off. Oh yeah. Uh, oh man, that's funny. So what? Uh, what prompted you to do the switch? Because we we're the four of us. Uh, mm-hmm. Rob's not here tonight, but the four of us are just a bunch of nobodies and apparently that's a problem to some people uh, uh but we're just <laughs> yeah. a bunch of nobodies and and uh uh you know we didn't have any type of social media platform at all before this so what what made you decide to uh you have made a switch but uh to to do a podcast in addition to doing your youtube videos um i you know i was actually talked into it uh the born and raised guys um they're, they're here locally too and in their office mm-hmm. is just a i could run to their office and be there in like 10 minutes and oh uh, wow so, you know, they're like, hey, you know, it's probably the future. And, and if, you know, they convinced me long story short into doing the podcast and uh, I, I hesitantly started thinking about it. And then uh, like two years ago at Hoodoo, yes, two years ago at Hoodoo, almost to this day, could have been this day because it was the uh, first week of June. Um, I was talking to some buddies up on the hill. I was actually shooting the course. I didn't have a podcast at the time. And uh, they're talking about podcasts. I'm like, you guys, I can't believe you guys do that. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I can't believe you guys listen to podcasts. And uh, they're like, why? I'm like, because I'm not going to pay two fifty for to listen to some dude talk about stuff. And they're like, what are you talking about? Dude? I'm like, you have to pay to listen to podcasts, right? It's like $2 an episode, something stupid. They're like, no. I'm like, it's, and they're like, it's free. And I'm like, they're like, so they're starting, they start all three of them gang up on me. I'm like, you never heard of the Joe Rogan podcast? I'm like, I've never, you know, the Fear Factor <laughs> dude. Yeah, I, yeah, I've heard of him. And so, uh, long story short, from that moment, I, I downloaded my first podcast, listened to it on the way home, and then literally a year later, I'm I am uploading my first podcast. And so, um, just got some good advice from some guys that are really big in the industry, and you know, it's where they were headed to. And so, uh, I figured, you know what, these guys know better than me and I, I eventually would like to do this for a living so I, I started my podcast and that's really uh really where it began was just getting kind of talked into it but, yeah huh yeah. well that's that's funny yeah it's it's almost like a given if you run across a uh 25 to 30 year old male that uh mm-hmm. they are that they are astute listeners of the joe rogan podcast Every so day, just like, a, just like just like a given, like yeah. if you want to be an intellectual, you have to listen like to the Joe of, Rogan podcast. Yeah, one of the uh, one of those Facebook podcaster groups or whatever is like a lot of people are anti Joe Rogan for some reason. I'm like, 
do you realize that the way you're making your living via your podcast would not be possible without that man? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. There's Facebook groups for podcasters. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Oh, now we're teaching yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> I we, didn't uh, know that. Yeah. That's how well, Matt we, became because... an almost expert at Audacity. <laughs> yeah. I am uh, I am an Audacity guru at this point because. I tried it. It, no what, I, what what do you edit in premiere premiere yeah okay yeah I, I uh i i stick with what i know i tried audacity one time trying to convert um wave to mp3 one time and i could oh I yeah i couldn't do any of it man it was like i know what i was looking at i just gave up <laughs> well that's i mean i am uh i guess you get i'm a bit of a group junkie on facebook like like any hobby i'm like interested in I'll go and I'll find like the five biggest Facebook groups and join them because I just, I want to, I want to like see what people are saying and talking yeah. about. And, you know, if, when we started this, I kind of, when we ran into hiccups, I would post questions on these, on these podcast groups. Like, how do I fix this? You know, this happened. What do I do? And no one had good answers, like nobody. And these are supposedly people that have been doing it forever. And I don't know why I'm surprised by this because I'm in IT and I work with people that have been doing their job for 10 years and I, and they're complete total idiots. So, uh, uh, but, and the same holds true for these people and not everyone, uh, obviously some are better than others, but these people have been doing podcasting for supposedly, you know, 10 years or whatever. And, uh, and they don't know anything. I'm like, how do you fix this? Not nasty. And they're like, Oh, you want to do this? And I'm like, no, you don't so that's that's not that's not right and then i'll figure it out so yeah i just i became a a bit of an audacity wizard by uh being forced to fix stuff uh mostly mostly from uh uh, blaine's furnace in the background having to (laughs) fix that all the time a little bit of background so in these podcast groups is it just people talking about other podcasts or is it like uh depends mostly which one you're in yeah. Uh, it, oh, you're thinking of outdoor podcast junkies, aren't you, Boyne? Yeah, I was uh, gonna say mostly uh, your own. That's a podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's a group too, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, outdoor podcast junkies. It's ran by uh, um, uh, Steve uh, Angle Angel uh, from Traditional Outdoors. Good oh. dude, super super good dude, and like yeah. crazy intelligent. He's a. We're actually we're we're both in IT, and he works with uh, Microsoft Azure, which is uh, machine learning, uh, like. AI kind of stuff like hmm. Steve is terrifyingly intelligent. Uh, but yeah, but he's, he runs outdoor podcast junkies, but uh, now there's uh, some of the groups are self are like just filled with self promotion, which are like completely pointless. If you're asking me, because if you are asking me a podcast creator to go listen, review and like critique your podcast, I'm not going to, because I don't have time because I'm too busy making my own podcast. Uh, so, but people, people don't get that. I'm glad uh, you went there. Cause I'm like, um, uh, not interested, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, no, all the time, lane, put the blinders on and haul ass. That's, that's, yeah. yep. you know, like uh, I get that all the time is, is DA, you know, have you listened to this? It's like, man, I got time to get my, my head, you know, away from bow hunting with the Joe Rogan podcast. And then I'm back into doing my own shit. Like mm-hmm. I very rarely, I've was, I think I've listened to two of your guys's episodes, I haven't listened to another haunting podcast and I don't know how long I, I yeah. don't, it's been a long time. I listened yeah, to mine I, to make sure they uploaded good and that's it. Yeah. I, I, I don't even, once I, once I press upload, 
I, like I listen it. to ours if I'm not on it, and then I listen to yours, <laughs> and then I listen to Kefirecast. I listen to ours if I'm not on it, mostly just so I know context I do of listen the to Aaron's a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but <clears throat> I just too too busy, man. I just don't have Dude. time. There's too many podcasts so. out there anymore. And- yeah. I drive a ton for work or like with what I do for work, I'm either in a truck or in a splice trailer where I can just listen to stuff all day. And if I listen to music all day, I just go nuts. So (laughs) I have plenty of time. I have my commute on Monday and Thursday is three hours. So Uh, I get lots of podcast or audio book time. Yeah. Audiobooks would be yeah. cool. Yeah. And I need I need to do more audiobooks. Yeah. I found the same thing with the YouTube um group channels. I got invited to one one time and it was just subscribe to me, subscribe to me, subscribe to me. I yeah. was I was a part of that group, I think, for probably ten minutes. I'm like, see ya. I'm like, why am I gonna yeah. no, like shit's stupid. Sustain your life yeah. and, and yeah. create content. That's and that that's why every time people are like, you know, subscribe and critique my thing, I'm like I'm like yeah. what who is your audience? Oh, well, these people, and why aren't you talking to them? Like that, like there has to be Facebook groups that are connected to these. Yeah. And like, I'll just like look it up and it's like, yeah, here's a group with 200,000 people in it. Go join that and, yeah. and well, talk to people in there. So yeah, a lot it blows of the, my, blows my mind. A lot of the questions are just like, how do I get more listeners? It's like, well, have good content. I don't know what to tell you. Just make good right? stuff and people will listen to it. Yeah, you know, there's things that I would suggest. Listen to Gary V. Listen to Nick Nimmin, Brian G. Johnson. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys out there with YouTube channels that you can apply to your content oh, yeah. on podcasts. Yeah. And so, um, I, I I listen uh, when I'm not listening to podcasts. <clears throat> I'm learning on YouTube what I need to do to better my platforms. So, especially yep. on YouTube, I'm about that close to not uploading my podcast on YouTube anymore. Just because I think really? I think it's hurting my my video numbers. My video numbers are not performing near as good as they were about a year ago. Um, Interesting. Not, I think it's because like the subscribers see that you uploaded just the podcast, and you're like, "Well, that's not what I want to see." Well, I'm not losing subscribers. I'm losing views. Well, right, but like yeah, you know, like they exactly. see that it's a podcast, and they open yeah. it up. They're like, "Well, that's not what I joined well, this when channel I, for." When I a while ago, like when I would um, upload, it was like thousand views like that like people got the notifications they go on there and watch it now it's like mm-hmm. a couple hundred and my <clears throat> retention is horrible my i'm making less money so yeah. i i yeah i i'm trying not to um or i might just create a separate youtube account that i don't really care about and just mm-hmm. because i only get like if i get 200 download or 200 views on youtube for a, a podcast that's pretty good people don't go on to youtube to listen to podcasts especially when there's no right. video so yep. yeah, I think I think I'm shooting myself on the foot there, and it might be too late. But uh, yeah, yeah, my my views has has absolutely gone downhill. So I've been hmm. researching researching if the algorithms are screwing me because of yeah. the uh, hmm. podcast. Interesting. Yeah, We've that's been, fascinating. We uh, just go on sharing sprees once we upload a new episode or whatever. Hmm. But we've noticed that we get throttled by Facebook. Oh, because we don't pay for it. Like we do it all organically, but we'll get. What's our highest one? Uh, we've we've uh, yeah, like we we do we do about we do about the same better, we do about the same amount of shares every every week uh, within different groups groups that allow it and uh, I mean I I think our biggest reach uh, off one episode off one post was I don't know forty five fifty thousand uh, and wow. then uh, yeah and, I mean when you when you're putting it in front of groups that have hundred thousand people in it like it, it helps mm-hmm. uh but then like we'll do it 
like we're doing it the same time like the same like the same like every friday between like 9 to 11 is when i'm doing this and like our you know we average probably between 25 to 30,000 i think we've got as high as 40 45 but then times we'll have like 4,000 and it's like that's not true <laughs> like i know facebook is screwing with this and and how uh how it's uploading mm-hmm. uh, or how how the algorithm is uh is meth- messing with us messing with us oh, yeah. um uh, yeah, Freudian slip there, Missouri meth. <laughs> One of you uh, guys needs to become a transgender, and then you get all the freaking exposure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Blaine, Blaine. 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 Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no takers. Huh? <laughs> uh, did you know? So we didn't even hesitate. We both yeah. nominated you, Blaine. <laughs> yeah, I like love that's, you. Yeah, well, I love you, buddy. Likely guy for that. So, <laughs> uh, well, was, uh, speaking of uh, social media. Uh, I want to get your your take on sponsorships and sponsorships and pro staff mm-hmm. and what you like, how you feel it's impacting the hunting industry. Uh, so, you know, there's there's two sides to this to me, because, you know, I want people to be involved in the hunting industry in, in whatever capacity they want. And if that's a pro staff spot. Um, I know some some pro staffers that are absolutely fantastic and I wish they were mm-hmm. being paid. They're so good. Um, you know, the guys that absolutely go out of their way, they're messaging you if you have a question or if you ever need anything, they are the ones that get a hold of you instead of customer service. And they're amazing. They know everything about the bow. They've been shooting it for a long time. Um, one of them's a um, guy named Manny um, or Manuel from uh, from Idaho for Prime, and he's an amazing guy. I mean, I've never met him. He's gone completely out of his way when I was, when I was having if, issue after issue with my Prime. And that is a pro staffer. That is somebody that is not a professional shooter, although he used to be. Um, he is a promotional shooter. He is promoting the product in a good light, and uh, people get that mixed up that you're a professional, that you go out and you have done a lot of cool shit yeah, with, yeah, with yeah. that product. Uh, you know, there's there's the field staff right here, and then you have the pro staff up here. Usually they get a bigger discount. Um, mm-hmm. So whatever capacity somebody wants to get into the industry with, I'm totally fine. What I'm not cool with, and, and, and again, I don't lose any sleep over those at night because – Again, I'm, I'm all about staying in my lane. I don't give a shit what other people are doing. Um, you know, if, if you're saying, and, and I know you guys are probably on the same page as this because we talked about this before, if you're holding, a, and I, I steal this from Jason Phelps, if you're holding a picture of a bluegill and you're telling me how good of an elk hunter you are and how this is the best broadhead you've ever used or the best pack or the best bow or the best whatever, however, you've never used that product, you've never killed an animal, you've never actually tested it, and all you have is you holding a bluegill, then you're full of shit and, and you're losing my respect and plus everybody else on YouTube or in the industry, period. And then also you're delegitimizing that brand that may be the coolest freaking brand out there. So, yep. you know, it's it's a double-edged sword. These companies need to vet their pro staffers. And, and then also at the same time, these pro staffers need to be honest with themselves and say, hey, you know what, maybe I'm not there yet. Maybe I need to kill some shit. Maybe I need to put, you know, 100 pounds in this pack if I'm, if I, you know, if it's August or, or actually, let's say right now, if it's June 5th, I'm not hunting until September, but I want to be on EXO Pro Staff. Go put 50 pounds in that freaking pack. Go buy one, first of all. Put 50 yep. pounds in your pack. Hike with it on, you know, every night after you get off work, up and down hills. Get some experience with it. Find out where the friction points are. Where the, where the weak points are in the pack, and then approach him into being a pro staff, right? Like, right. it's not rocket science, but yet these guys want to be into the industry in that capacity without earning it. And that's 
that's not right. That's not fair to, first of all, the person that you're telling that's the best pack, that's not fair to you because now you look like an idiot, and that's not fair to the, to the manufacturer or the brand that you're repping. So um, that's that's my opinion. Um, again, I don't lose any sleep at this, and I, I laugh at it, and, I, and, I, and then I do my thing, and I create content. So um, right. yep. that's, that's my thing. I, I'd love to hear what you guys think, but um, – yeah, I mean, it's like I said, there's great ones out there, and then there's probably the ninety percent which are full of shit. So, um, yeah, and, and right. I would say it's probably it's probably the eighty twenty rule is probably what it is. But yep, yeah. eighty twenty I, applies in just about everything. Yeah, <laughs> kind of scary. I really like the guys that you know they you can you can tell right, as soon as they start talking, like whether you're in person or you know just talking on Facebook or whatever, you can tell as soon as they start talking which side of that line they fall on. I think, mm-hmm. especially in person, or you know if if somebody like I experienced it quite a bit just talking to people at Northwest mountain challenge, because I just talked to people like I met you there, like actually met you there. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I just wanted to talk to you. Like that's how I am with everybody though. Like that's me. I, I don't need, too. like I don't need anything from you. If I want something from you, it's information. And like, we can have that through normal conversation. And if, you know, something like some sort of a relationship buds from that. Cool. If not, I'm going to buy what I'm going to buy either way. But yeah, I don't understand. Like you can tell right off the bat, like the guys that are just looking for discounts or whatever, when they show yep. up, it's like, all about the discount for most people. Yeah, like I don't give a shit. Like I have money. Like I have a good job. I can buy what I want. I'm not married. I don't have kids. So like, I don't like that. I can afford stuff. Like, I understand if you need that, like, you don't, I don't know. Guys don't need that discount. Like, maybe, like you said, maybe right. you're just, like, maybe you're just not there yet. And that's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But you need to recognize that you're not there yet. And, right. that, like, the company needs to say, no, man, you're not there yet. Like, I know I, I like First Light. I wear their stuff, but they've got a fairly difficult barrier of entry to get on their pro staff. Like, at least as far as I know, like there's an application process and like you have to have some sort of a social media platform and all that kind of stuff. And like, it's not, you can't just be like, can't just message somebody like with, not to put them on blast, but Element Arrows is going through a, a change. And now I'm seeing a shit ton of dudes pop up and being on their pro staff for, you know, or brand ambassadors is what they're calling them. And I've seen 10 pop up on my feed in the last week. Hmm. It's like, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's fine, but why? Like, have you ever shot them before? Why do you want to be, why do you want your name associated with that? If you've literally never laid hands on those arrows. And I, I know a lot of the guys that whose names are popping up. They haven't because I know what arrows they shot before. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I mean, a good rule of thumb is uh, if, if you approach a company uh, and this this isn't a hundred percent applicable, but if you approach a company about being on their pro staff versus them approaching you about being on their pro staff, I think that tells a lot about the company and a lot about you. Yeah. If Uh, if you approach them and they're like, yeah, for sure, let's do this. But yeah, like you said, like you're all that you've done is you catch bluegill and you're not approaching a jig company. Like what what's happening here? What are you doing? Yeah, the the I I feel like I can solidly say uh, 
and you know, I guess it's easy to say that until people start writing checks. Uh, mm-hmm. But if out of like every uh, the podcast, our podcast uh, will always be sponsor free and and pro staff free, I guess you could say. Uh, but the one company where I would be like, yeah, like I will be pro staff for you, and and I wouldn't I wouldn't even ask for a discount. Uh, would be uh Sam Graffita with Backwoods Composites. Like that's it. Like because I genuinely and and, and it, Garrett for uh I guess you 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 don't uh, do you own a tradbo? I own t- technically I own three, but I own okay. two that are functional. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so uh Sam makes a super curve uh a recurve bow, kind of like Borders or uh um Morrison if you've ever seen them. Nope. Uh, but super I just I curvy limbs like it's yeah hooks. like real real aggressive hooks. There's yeah. it's stupid stupid fast. Huh. But if Sam asked me like if Sam decided to do pro staff and asked me, I'd be like yeah like I I plan on promoting your stuff anyway. Uh, yeah. And really, I think that's the kind of mindset that you should have. Is like yeah, I was going to promote your stuff anyway, but like if you want to give me a discount to do it, cool. Like that's fine yeah. with me. And yeah, yeah I'll sign, I'll sign this I, little yeah. little agreement that says I'll post a couple of Instagram pictures. Like once that's how I am. And it, like the stuff that I use and trust, I have no problem talking about. Right. Yeah. Like none Same whatsoever. Here. And I have no problem spending the money on it because I could, I trust it. I know that it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Well, that's another thing that guys need to keep in mind is if I come to uh, Garrett and he's like, um, he's like me with the footers. And he's like, dude, you need to buy these footers. These things are the shit. Buy them from Chris. And then I go, and that fails. That looks bad on you. There goes, first of all, there goes your opinion. There goes my opinion of you. You know, like, you're you're putting your reputation on somebody's product that, first of all, they probably don't even give a shit about you. Second of all, that that product could very well fail. And now you're putting your reputation on the line for somebody in something that you have no attachment to outside of a discount. So you're selling basically your name for like 10 bucks, 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, you know, it, it, in my, in my case, you know, like I could very well easily be on with probably hunt tag or, um, you know, elk river, you know, Chris, you know, you and I both know Chris and I don't know how many yeah. footers I've sold them. It's probably a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how many people I've got to go in there. It's probably a few, um, I've never asked to ever be paid because first of all, he's a buddy of mine. I want to see him succeed and I'm going to yeah. buy that thing. And no matter what, now I have like, I think one, he sent me like, um, a dozen for free one time. That was it. And then I just bought two dozen from him, bought, right. bought two dozen from yeah. him. So, you know, explain, I mean, explain more about these things. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, the footers. So, um, the oh, best way yeah. I can describe them is a sleeve that goes over the end of your arrow and for like mm-hmm. a hidden insert, like a, um, a hidden insert for an axis arrow, the hidden insert, okay. um, yep. it creates a leverage point where it can break off when it hits something hard. Um, I got an arrow up there. My buddy hit a elk in the shoulder and it just, as soon as it hit the shoulder, it snapped yep. it off. So yep. this goes over. It's kind of, kind of similar to the Valkyrie idea. Um, okay. Oh, is this what uh, Dunlap makes? Yeah. Chris yeah. Dunlap? yeah. Oh, okay. Chris Dunlap. Oh, okay. yeah. That, that okay. Chris. Yeah, Chris. a All great right. guy, and you know yep, he's he one of the special, only ones. He specializes in the pretty much just footers for axes anymore. Like he he mm-hmm. makes footers for everything, but like his yeah. bread and butter is setting okay. up axes. I guess with, I didn't yeah. know that's that was that yeah. Chris. Yeah, yeah. He's, okay. he's Elk River Archery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great okay. product. Did not know great that. Guy. No, 
I've known about him since I started bow hunting. I mean, yeah, forever. Well, well, quite a while ago. Well, he he's. Uh, I remember he was in, he was in high momentum for a while, and he posted the. Well, I I learned about him when he posted that like twenty eight broadhead review or whatever he did. <laughs> that huge yeah. broadhead review. I think uh, I gained gained a lot of attention. Yeah, um, he's a great guy, and so. Oh you know, yeah, yeah, he's a very good dude. Yeah, I mean, I could I could be probably on his pro staff or whatever, but. He doesn't even have a pro staff, first of all, but, um, you know, it, it's pick and choose and, and, and just make sure that you understand, you know, since the Internet, um, you know, I've, I've seen this said a lot is that people got way too comfortable saying shit to people and, and not having any repercussions. You know, people mm-hmm. don't get punched in the face when they talk shit anymore. People don't, uh, yeah. you know, they, they're not afraid to tell you what they think because they're behind a computer. And so basically that same mindset has now been given to your reputation. Well, I can have 50 reputations because I'm a part of 50 Facebook groups. Maybe a lot of these guys don't know each other. I'll never see that person. So if I tell them to use this shit broadhead, I'm never going to have anything like it's just, there's no accountability. So um, that's something that I would like to see in the industry change. Um, You know, like I could go on and on and on and on there, but that's, that's my theory. So what, uh, I guess, what do you, what do you think is the biggest problem with like quote unquote the industry right now? Like what do you think it's like gimmicky shit? Because I think that's, I think that's ours. Uh, I don't know if we've taken like an official poll of, of, uh, of our hosts, but like every, every year at ATA and we're going to, we've got a bit of a marketing campaign we're working on when ATA rolls around, (laughs) but like every year at ATA, it's just like gimmick, like gimmick, 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 gimmick. Like it's all it is. And we're just like completely, tired of it and that, that's like part of the reason why we started the podcast because we were like this is people are literally sinking money uh, and sinking like time money and uh i mean probably the most important thing the taking of something else's life on gimmicky shit and like i'm i'm done with it i'm not i'm not going to sit idly by and and just be okay with it so and what is what is your biggest problem i guess um that, that's, I, I, that's ours i just spoke for us sorry yeah you know i i think uh, and, and i think that's a very valid point to speak about what you guys are talking to especially um the gimmicky stuff is coming with the broadheads nowadays and that's probably the number one most gimmicky thing i've seen out there mm-hmm. um there's a lot of gimmicky broadheads and 99 percent of them are mechanicals yep. um so you know do do your do your diligence um, when you're buying your product, please, and and you know that's why I don't stick with a broadhead. I'll never be sponsored by a broadhead company because I am not loyal to any broadhead. I I am loyal to what works, and I'm loyal to figuring out what works. So um, mm-hmm. I I say I want to find out what works, so you don't have to. That's kind of my philosophy with testing testing that shit. But um, my problem with the industry right now is is we. I was talking about this the other night, and who was I talking about this with? It was someone on Facebook, a buddy of mine, I think. And uh, it was a trad trad bow hunting group that my buddy run, uh, runs or owns oh. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, you know, what do you think the biggest problem is with the trad industry? I'm like, well, archery hunting in general, we need to quit creating these barriers and wedges between trads versus compounds versus crossbows versus rifles versus long range rifles versus muzzleloaders versus long range muzzleloaders versus guys using a goddamn spear. Like we need to just quit with the barriers, quit with the wedges, get on team hunt, get on team outdoorsmen, get on team archery rifle it doesn't really matter because these vegans are unified these anti-hunters are unified they're not arguing over f deer let's save elk or f f elk let's save the bunny rabbits like they're not they're not arguing over that shit right so 
yep. we need they're, they're winning and in i did a recent work uh wolf episode kind of did a ton of research for it and and we're losing 10 to 1 on the internet to to wolves they have the best yep. pr agents out there oh yeah yeah so oh, that was about to bring up so, too. i was listening to aaron the fire cast episode on it earlier and then yep. his his Tyler second one with it yeah well that one yep. and then the one before it okay and yep. yeah like the they might not you know they're not all uh they're not picking species of well you know screw the deer let's save bunny rabbits but they are all saying screw the hunters save the wolves yes they yeah. are yeah they're yeah. very it's one big voice all behind it, it for a sure ba- a very big voice behind very very bro science um points mm-hmm. and, and if think you really look science. into it what was that i think it, I, said, I don't even think there's any science on that end <laughs> it's yeah more like this, this yellowstone yeah, saved all the data, data yeah, collected by other people and emotion yeah, yeah. The, you know the Yellowstone save the save the rivers bullshit is is such propaganda. Oh god! I so, remember when that came out, and I was yeah. like, okay, I'm gonna research this for five minutes and prove it wrong, and that's exactly what <laughs> happened. It was like no, and wolves, and that is like the how are wolves good for the ecosystem? How are good good wolves good for the river? Like it's all about that's probably the number one thing you'll see is Yellowstone this, Yellowstone that, and there's yep. nothing to combat com, combat that outside of small podcasts like mine. Um, that you know we're coming out with i'm spending hours doing the research i'm finding the research that they've done where they've literally found the points that i would like to make but they didn't they they nitpicked their own research and then right. so you know yet it's really frustrating but that's that's my biggest pet peeve is is we are not unified as a hunting community when we should be and that's that's my biggest thing and, and it's so easy to judge people and to get on a high horse unless you're killing shit with your bare hands like that dude in colorado who choked out that cougar um, yeah, and then which it there, wasn't there a big was that article cougar. that there was yeah. that article yeah. that just came out like two days ago. Yeah, and it was like, oh, we cougar. think we, yeah. Well, now we know why why these cougars are attacking people. Oh, it, was I read another, that it was another anti hunting yeah. thing. It was bullshit. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and then the guy got attacked because it wasn't an adult cougar. I'm like, get out of here. So you know, <laughs> yeah, there's, have you ever? I'll, I'll, I'll go grab my. I'll go grab cat. my seven. I'll go grab my seven pound cat. And and, it, and try holding on to her uh, for for more than ten seconds when she doesn't want to be held. Right. Good luck. Exactly. Now multiply that times five, and it's a little murder ball that hasn't been that hasn't been eating. Like good luck. Yeah. Like good luck. Good. No, I, I agree. And you know we are we are facing an 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 enemy or an opponent that is winning, and I'm yeah. tired of it. I'm tired of them winning. I'm tired of them winning the PR battle. I'm tired of seeing all the bashing. Like, I don't give a shit if you shoot a deer 120 yards with your bow. I don't care. I don't care. Like, if you can do that and that's you and that's that's your bow hunting, that's your lane, cool, man. Go do it. I don't give a shit. As long as you yeah. know you can make that shot and it's a good shot and you think it's an ethical shot, um, you know, go do it. Or if bow hunting to you is 10 yards using a chiseled point that you made with your own handmade arrow, go do that. But let's get on the same team, you know, like I, yeah, yeah, it's just frustrating. And that's what it, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say that's where I'm at right now, too. I mean, it's just getting old, all the arguing and it's just heavy into the trad community, too. And I see a ton of it from that side of things. Like, you know, you say stuff and you say stuff in good fun, but like, yeah, right. The trad community is not inclusive. Like I don't see every post I see in trad groups. It's dude shitting on guys with compounds. It's like, Oh, I could kill stuff with a wheel bow too. It's like, could you, 
could you kill stuff at 20 yards with a wheel bow? Because if it, you could, you should be able to do it with a stick. I could kill shit right. with a trad bow, and I'm going to say that never hunting with it because I could go kill a turkey in, like, give me two days. I could go kill a turkey with a trad bow here in Roseburg. Does that make me a good hunter with a trad bow? No, they're fucking retarded. You know, these turkeys will <laughs> let you walk up to them. Like, yeah. what, do you, what, do you, what, am I, what am I proving? You know, like, what am I proving? I could go kill a fork and horn probably every once a week with a trad bow because they'll stand there and let you shoot them at 20 yards. Like, yeah, give, give me three, four months. Let me practice every day. Shoot probably a 50 to 100 arrows a day. I could do it. Not a problem. I have the trad bow already has a brand new string on there and everything. I could go do that and I could build an arrow that could get it done. Like it's 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 work ethic. And, and I respect the trad guys. It's totally cool. And I'm probably going to get bashed for, for saying I could get it done with the trad bow never having to do it. But my buddy did it last year and he sucks like he's <laughs> he, you know he like he, it took him he walked up to the turkey shot at it missed grabbed his arrow shot it and you know like it was that i mean and he's a trad yeah. guy you know so a lot of this stuff that you see is is first of all these these trad guys um you know a lot of them i don't think kill anything first of all second thing is that they'll shit on some of the best hunters out there like aaron snyder because he's using fake veins or yeah. fake feathers or just, yeah. he's come just on, using guys. veins yeah come on guys i mean you're, you're shitting on the, one of the best ambassadors to your community out there, period. Like, yeah. Why are and, you doing yeah. that? Blaine, how many people do you think that just in the since Aaron made the full, well, just with the first switch that he went trad for a year, how many people do you think he got into the trad community? And then now. I would 100% bet money that Aaron Snyder has almost doubled the trad community. He's like I would, I would not hesitate for a second to plump some uh, to plop some money down on that. I bet. would say I personally know, like, it, it, among Facebook groups and personally, I know at least two hundred people that have switched to trad. He's no got shit he had me because of him, it, and I have no business doing that yet. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, I catch myself looking at re- like fancy recurves and shit all the time. I'm like, yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> I bought yeah. trad veins, and I don't even know that I. Have. I, I did the same thing. I got feathers up in my uh, in my room. Yeah, and, and you know, like I mean, when when I hear him talk about it, it really resonates because it's like it was the difference between a rifle to a bow. And that's yeah, the dip. Yeah, like, yeah. like if he's like, if you love being, and I like, we all do. That's why we bow hunt. We love being in the presence and close, and just seeing what these animals do, how they react, and and just just watching them feed, and, and hearing the funny sounds they make. You know, when they don't know you're there, and and you know, elk fart, and they do all this other stuff. They're noisy creatures, and he's like, if you love that, you would love trad hunting because that puts yeah. you even closer to the animal. You have to be that much it, more intimate with the animal to where you can it just takes it to a whole different level. Exactly. And, and, and that mean, is what gets me excited about trad bow hunting. So yeah, two um, years ago, I, I would have never dreamed I'd be shooting a stick bow. Now I have nine, seven, <laughs> eight, nine of them on the, right behind me and I'm hooked. So, I mean, I would, I would like to point out like uh, two weeks ago, we said that you had like 10 bows and you're like, no, I've only got like four or five. Yeah. <laughs> now, now you're back up to 10. Yeah. I don't, uh, I've kind of lost count. I don't know. Between <laughs> risers and limbs and poor thing. Yeah. I don't know. I've got well, one, one that's a family there's heirloom. There's seven right behind use. me. So yeah, I don't even know what it is. It's a family heirloom that my uncle gave me a couple months ago. I, yeah. I might work up an arrow for that. I, it's, I think it's like 50 or 55 pounds. I don't know, but. Yeah, it'd be it'd be pretty cool to, to kill something with that's been in my family for, I don't know, 50, 60 years. So, yeah. 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 That's as, pretty neat. As far as like the trad community goes, there's a lot of great guys, but there's a lot of guys that just shit on everything there. It's it's like anything. There are a, a 
one bad apple can ruin the whole barrel, <laughs> oh, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, and I mean, it's, it's not a full reflection on the trad community, but no, but I will say those that one bad apple, I mean, we do shoot ourselves in the foot, definitely. Well, or we you, have just, yeah. ever since the stuff, like I'm glad that Aaron came, like started just trolling the groups because with all of the buzz <laughs> about the trad bands and people are all yeah. pissed off, They're like, Oh, you don't need this. There's yeah. waterproofing spray and powder for feathers and aaron's like oh yeah that's super like like the native americans used in their aerosol (laughs) can yeah Yeah. no but i don't know it's just it's one of those things where i mean you wish people just would just shut up sometimes i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna take a second to gripe about the uh and man if you had told me two or three years ago that just like internet troll matt would now be diplomat matt uh i'd be like you're insane but the whole like i saw well garrett i think i saw you comment on it uh somebody posted like there was some it wasn't PETA, but somebody posted like some anti-hunting group was like oh you know save the wolves or whatever so they posted the link and i'm pretty sure this is in like a bigger like either colorado western or elk hunting page i can't remember what it was but like he was like go to this link and like post pictures of you with your dead animals oh yeah and, and i was like Man, like I, I more than anyone appreciate a good troll. Like I really do, but like this is a front where like I feel like we need to be more dignified than the other side, and we are a hundred percent losing that battle. Uh, so to kind of circle right back around to your like, what is the, uh, you know, what's what's the biggest issue with with the industry on top of gimmicky shit? Uh, I feel like. We don't represent yeah, ourselves well is, yeah. is a really big thing. And and I, I I did like I even joined in on the whole like uh PETA Facebook filter. Like, I have that I, I have like, a picture of that too. I, I I joined in on that and and now I look back I'm like ah maybe maybe I shouldn't have. Uh but you know, I, I, I feel like if people did did a better job of actually being willing to sit down and discuss with people and I, I follow uh uh, because I I enjoy absorbing new news from both sides uh, of the aisle. I follow I follow a couple of uh, uh, left leaning news news website pages, stuff like that. And any time like some type of animal is killed in Africa, that's even like somewhat controversial. They're always like the first people to post it, and people go on there like, oh my god, trophy hunting, and they freak out. And my every time I make a point to go on there and respond and, and say something along the lines of like, hey, like. I am a person that supports this style of hunting. Uh, I'm making this comment to reach out to people here. If you want to have an actual conversation about, uh, about the African hunting model and, and why it works. And more often than not, I get people that they will at least engage and people that respond to that type of comment typically aren't people that are like flying off the cuff. They're like, oh, I actually want to have a conversation with this person. And I don't know if I've how many minds I've changed, maybe maybe a couple, but that's more than what we had at the beginning. And and I, I think I think hunters do a poor job of representing themselves and the and the community, especially when hunting numbers are dwindling and uh, i mean when uh, all of us are about the same age like when our when our fathers and grandfathers die like it's gonna be tough uh uh, because our generation isn't having kids nearly at the rate that uh that the baby boomers had had kids at 
uh, and Generation and, X had kids at. And everybody is move, like living in already or moving to big cities. So they don't right. have that part of the culture is yeah. gone right. pretty much. Because, well, yep. you know, it started with like dads moving to the city to find better Work. jobs yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, they just stopped hunting because they didn't have a place to hunt anymore or else they didn't like they didn't think they did. And now like their kids don't get to hunt or fish or anything like they don't get to go outdoors. So you like right. kids are yeah. playing just playing video games, all sorts of shit. Right. And that part is gone. So when we decide to try to troll PETA or whatever, it just blows up in our face because it makes us look like assholes. It's like, oh, wow. Look at you, all yeah. these dead animals. It, it, but it, there's exactly, no, like, there's no we, context. We live, up, we live up to their expectations. When exactly. We do that. Yeah. 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 That's exactly what they want to happen. Right. Totally. Same thing with the trad community thing. I, I joke around that the yeah, trad guys are the equivalent of trad of, holes. Of, of, of barbless fly fishermen. You know, like <laughs> they're they you know they get the elitist on both sides, and it's just yeah. like you know we got to get rid of that, guys. We got to get rid that's, of that. Is that stroking dicks? Is that what that's that is? what that stroking, is? Stroking, ah. stroking, stroking two dicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just jerking each other off on both. It's just a big thing of tug of war, man. It's just. I, I and I, you know, should applaud you for for taking that grassroots effort. I I, made, I reached out to a friend that we were decent friends in high school, and she moved up to Portland and became a feminist and uh, was talking shit about Africa, hunting in Africa. And I just got so back. You so you went there? Yeah, I just got back uh, when when this conversation happened. I said, hey, you know, I'd love to talk to you about this because if she was like, why, why, why? And just starts hammering on like, if you legit want to know why, I'd love to talk to you about this. And then it went extremely downhill very fast from there because she (laughs) went off the rails about me being an elitist male she you're like yeah. no you're, you're a mind. white male garrett obviously yeah. you're and wrong. so like i'm like i don't know <laughs> what happened to you between high school but you used to be cool like you used to be mm-hmm. let's party let's hang out let's do this let's do that and then somewhere she got a big chip on her shoulder and that's what no i i feel bad for these people because <laughs> living life with a big chip on your shoulder like that must really suck and it takes so yeah. much energy I mean, it's like having this, having this thing in this cage that you have to guard constantly, and it just takes all your energy to guard it, and you don't have time for other shit. It's like, why are you spending all this time on that? And, and you know, to be honest with you guys, after listening to the Joe Rogan podcast, a lot of them are bots. Like, so, you yep. you know, the oh, ones yeah. that are engaging you honestly and, and, and authentically are, are not the bots, but a lot of those things on there are designed to get you to engage Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and to echo another thing here that you guys are talking about, I did a podcast about wolves in Oregon probably a couple of months ago. And, uh, you know, we went off the rails a few times there. I had to edit about 15, 20 F bombs out of there and there's 12, probably about a hundred, <laughs> uh, in, in the episode, <laughs> you must've listened to it. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe, uh, yeah, my taxidermist, uh, he's awesome. But so he was the guest on that when he's on the wolf panel, but you know, these guys, and what we said is these guys that say shoot, shovel, shut up, gut shot. Every one of them dead wolf's a good wolf. You know, it's not helping the cause. That, at that all. is not helping the cause. And, and I'll just throw that out there. You sound like a freaking idiot. Like you sound, I just, like a dumbass. I just don't say that out loud. I just, <laughs> well, yeah, we all, on it. we all, I'm just kidding. Them. My dad saw no, one today. I know so many people that do though. Yeah. My dad honest. saw it's... one today. 25 no probably half an hour from where i live half yeah. an hour from where i, I mean, live given the opportunity i probably would but just <laughs> We're, well oregon like wolves in oregon say that out loud yeah, yeah. i'll say it out loud guys 
but you know that that's not doing us a favor. And no, and, it's not. You know, I I did another episode. Um, not to keep giving myself shameless plugs here. I did another episode that said, you know, if basically I think the title of it was, if you buy a uh, hunting license, you are an ambassador, whether you like it or not. And right. yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. And you know, like I I've done the funny things. I've done I've done the things I preach against before I got into the hunting, like the hunting industry. I've I've strapped a, a really nice buck to my Celica because my wife didn't pick me up. She fell asleep. So I drove that sucker home with that thing strapped to my roof, blood going down the spoiler, shoved the feet under the spoiler, had it wrapped literally over the hood onto my windshield, drove that sucker through town. People are taking photos. You know, I've done that shit. Does that do anything for hunting? Outside no. of being in the echo chamber, that's like the coolest thing I've ever seen. That's so funny. No, that does not. That's like a black eye. And so yeah, yeah. we got to think ahead. I don't ever want to be the dude, and this is how I think, I don't ever want to be the dude at a PETA rally on the big screen saying that piece of shit's why we're here. You know, like – I don't want that. I don't want to be that right. guy. I don't want to be that bullet in their magazine. And, yep. and, and, you know, we need to think like this. And again, we need all need to get on the same boat and sing Kumbaya, but, um, you know, that's, that's what needs to happen. You know, it's, it's, you know, we, we have to learn and get better. You know, I did, the, I think I did the PETA thing too, with the, with the nice meal buck I killed a long time ago. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think I did that too, but you know, no one's perfect. And, 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 there's never too late all... to start getting better. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah think, but we like, shoot ourselves in the foot by doing that kind of, I we mean, do. We do. It, it might, it might sound good in the moment or, you know, even it, feel, it feels good to say well, it, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's self-satisfaction within the hunting community yep. because, yeah. you know, like, like with, what... within, like you said, within our echo chamber, like everybody, right. like it's like, yeah. it's accepted, but we have to police ourselves. Otherwise, yeah. Someone else, like other people, are going to do it for us. They're well, let's, already trying. Let's, so let's, let's zing another one here, because uh, yeah, I'm so, I, I, I sit on this shit all day long, and you guys are finally <laughs> letting me vent here. So, because um, I can't interview myself on my own podcast, obviously. So <laughs> um, you can so, sure as hell try. Thank you, you for letting me go on my soapbox here. But here's another one. Like, you know, what's a hot button for for us to be um, uh, appealing to the public, to the non hunters? It's hunting conservationists, right? Like how many people do you see using that term? Okay. Where does conservation come into making an animal extinct and gut shooting every single one of them? That is not hunter conservation. So you're saying this, and I'm doing this motion again. Um, You're saying this, but then then you're doing this, and then people are like, okay, so they're full of shit. So, you know, hunter conservation – does not mean wipe out a whole freaking population of animals, granted whether they should be there or not, granted whether it's the right. same species or not, granted whether they are killing that herd in that area or not. Um, you know, conservation is a balance. It's not wiping out a whole freaking thing. A minus ticks. We can do that to ticks and mosquitoes. <laughs> we'll, we'll be cool. Yes. Ticks no, no, no remorse. Just, no remorse. Die. You know, wolves yeah. were here. We did make them go extinct in Oregon a long time ago, and they are bringing them back for right or wrong. I'm not going to get into that. You know, I'd like to see our elk herd and deer herds be better before we did make that move. Um, you know, and, and the first thing my dad told me when, or I told him when he told me, he's like, Garrett, I saw my first wolf today. Like lived here his whole life. Right. We now have wolves here. He's like, I saw my first wolf today. He called me as soon as it happened. When's the last time he's done that for an elk? When's the last time he's done that for a deer? Like the, my first words is like, did you get a picture? I wish I could have saw it. You know, like those were my first words. So obviously like it's cool to have them out there, but the problem is, is that they need to be managed and they need to be managed to a point where we're not moving the goalpost every time we kill five or we right. get 60. So, 
Um, there, yeah. There's another th- food of thought. If you're if you're one of these gut shot every single one of them, let's let's you know uh, kill every single wolf and make them go extinct. But then you have hunter conservationist in your in your in your biopic. You're full of shit and you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. So um, you yeah. Know, yeah, call me out, bro. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, no, I I, I totally agree. Uh, yeah. So and this is something we kind of talked about before uh it's like you know when we were talking about getting together like who uh because i i I think that we we stand for that and i think you stand for that who who else have you like who else should people look to and listen to uh that you've that you have interacted with like in the hunting industry that are that are kind of trying to shape things for the better because uh, uh, I, I know we've, we've probably got a handful of guys that we could point out, but I'm curious who you've interacted with. Yeah, so Corey Jacobson, um, I, I feel he does a really good job, especially on the wolf issue. He was the first really big hunter I heard to come out and say, I don't hate wolves. I like wolves. I like wolves managed, right? Yeah. But I like wolves. And so um, he's not only has he said that, I think that changed the game for a lot of guys out there. Um, I wish I said it first, but, but you know, <laughs> he, he came out and said it first and, um, you know, he hit the nail on the head. I don't hate wolves. I think it's stupid to hate an animal outside of a mosquito or a tick. And I say that cause I have yeah, a, just, t- a just tick infection right here. I don't know if the guys are going to do it, <laughs> but, um, I, I am on two different types of antibiotics cause that co- little cocksucker got infected in my skin. So, um, oh, man. so, you know, I think it's stupid to hate an animal because the animal's not, there's no intention behind it. It's doing yeah. what the animal does, whether yeah, right. whether it's affecting you, pro, you know, positively or, or negatively, you know, to hate the animal. I, I get it if yeah. you're a rancher and that that stupid wolf keeps killing all your calves. I get it. That okay, you can hate that animal. I guess I don't care. But right. um, to hate a whole species and, and to want to do genocide against a species, I, I don't get it. But Corey changed the game when he said, "I don't mind wolves. I like wolves. I like the, I like the idea of them being managed. I like us being able to hunt them and to control and and to be able to coexist." Um, mm-hmm. he is, he's one that I really respect after he said that. Um, another one is, you know, we already mentioned him, Aaron Snyder. Um, he does a lot, especially I heard him talking about being in the pho- uh, photography community and getting a uh-huh. lot of anti hunters or people who don't hunt. He's now shedding a light in that area, um, on, on predator hunting. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, another one. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, there's not a lot of us that have come out and said, you know, we're cool with wolves. There's not a lot of us out there. Um, right. You know, the, but Corey is the number one, J, uh, Aaron would be number two, Jim Shockey. Um, I absolutely, I'm a Jim Shockey fan, dude. I love that guy. Um, he does such uh, a great I, job. I, yeah, I think he's a, re- I think, uh, I haven't had cable for a hot minute, but when I did, uh, uh, Uncharted is the name of his show, right? Yep. That was like the only like hunting TV show, I could actually bear to watch because it was like, it was a travel show with like hunting incorporated in it is really what it was. And like, when I think of, when I think of Jim Shockey, I think of ambassador. Like if I am, if I, if I, if I'm, if I'm sitting down with an anti hunter, like, and there's five people that I want to sit at a table and talk to, talk to them about hunting. Jim Shockey is, I want at that table, like a hundred percent for sure. Same with uh, Donnie. Vincent. Yeah. Well, that's st- don't one. steal all mine. Damn it. St- uh, Steven <laughs> Rinella, you know, yeah. Um, Donnie and Steve for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd be here curious to, see, to hear what others you guys can come up with, but those are, those four right there are huge. Mm-hmm. Probably the biggest. Definitely. Yeah. Donnie, Donnie is probably one of my biggest ones. And yes. I know that there's apparently there's some guys that like, don't 
that don't like how I, I guess I guess really they just don't like how well spoken he is. It's kind of like odd. Yeah. Like they think that he's trying to like oversell some stuff, I guess. I don't know. I, I think I he I think that, he I guess, Yeah, I, I mean I, of, I get if you don't like his production style, I guess, but man, like I feel the, the wolf though, like he can't help that he is incredibly smart in the ways that he is. Like Yeah. That's I just how that's that. the person he is. Yeah, I, I will say when, it, when he was on the Joe Rogan podcast, did you guys listen to that one? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I didn't like he didn't convey, and and I say this with the utmost respect, the 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 other side of the wolf. Yeah, like yeah, they he, sure he yeah. focused on yes, they are amazing creatures, but mm-hmm. left like just left out the fact that they're <laughs> they also ruth, they're ruthless killing machines. <laughs> like that's yeah, all that like, like that's not all that they are, and like they, it's not their fault. But it's just the way they just, are. You can't just ignore that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. My experience that was, was, that was a huge opportunity for yeah. somebody that is on like that speaks to both sides or tries to speak to both sides had that was an opportunity to be like, listen, right. Yes. Wolves are awesome, but also they will rip your face off. Yeah. And they need <laughs> right. to be managed. Like here in Minnesota, we have a wolf population that's, getting out of hand like our our moose population used to be pretty high i don't i can't tell you numbers off the top of my head but 10 15 years ago we used to have a very high moose population and now there's basically none i yeah i can't i don't know how many numbers same thing i mean same thing's going on in montana too yep yep and i mean yeah. yeah they they have when i say they i mean the antis and the people in our capitals whatever that crap they've they've brought hunting you know tags they've allowed tags and then they've shut it down seasons down mid-season it's been on and off for quite a while but it's... i've never really understood that i know i know there's somewhere like every day you have to call in and like see if one got tagged or not and then that could just like end your hunt like if yeah if like like 10 of these animals and then like you call i know rams are that way and that that's a little different to me i guess uh because like i understand like they like were on the brink of extinction that's how the grizzly thing was too Mm. yeah for the new one like when they were going to have the new tags it was what was it one female could be shot or up to It was up to 26 grizzlies in total, but only one female. Right. And and if I that mean, one if that one sow was shot, like everybody's hunts are over and everybody was cool mm-hmm. with it. They're like, OK, fine. We'll take yep. the risk. Yeah. Yep. Right. How would you like be to be fun. the douche that shoots that first bear and it's a sow? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, God. I was like, I was second in line, you dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like me. like here, though, I mean, you know, as far as wolf numbers go, that that number gets way dis, dis, dis. Well, that was, I yeah, don't know. It's like when in I Montana, to... they say it's 35, uh, 30 to thirty five percent above. Um, standard. Yeah, it, the, the anticipated is a thirty. And then uh, just reading through the last, because I, I read all the reports now through the uh, ODF and W about the wolf reports, um, mm-hmm. they have directly. Um, come out and said it towards the very back of the report i may add that now we are anticipating 10 to 15 percent above what we are reporting oh yeah it's higher than that yeah and then also oh also by the way we will transport wolves without notice so you know yeah that's well that's like 
you know, you said that you're starting to see wolves by you and like they've never been there before. So how'd they get there? Where'd they come yeah. from? Like, did yeah. they travel on their own or were they dropped there? Like, I believe but, that it's probably a, a, a mix, but this one, yeah. you know, we've had wolves here for a couple of years now here locally. It was the right. Lamola, Lamola pack, uh, the Crater mm-hmm. Lake area. This one was a single wolf. It sounded like it was about a hundred pounds. And, mm. uh, you know, I mean, it probably a male, I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean, what, what pisses me off is, is the politics that go behind the management where, you know, what is a breeding pair? Do you guys know what a breeding pair of wolves is considered? None. What's it considered? I don't okay, know. So a breeding pair is a pair of wolves that is together running around, has pups, two must survive to be considered a breeding pair. If one survives, it's not a breeding pair. So that is two considered. Two pups have to survive? Two pups have, or... to, have to survive till the end of the year. Um, hmm. uh, and so that, you know, things like that. I'm like, well, then how, I mean, so you're counting... A, a breeding pair, it could have one pup, and then that's not a breeding pair. Like, how does that make sense? Or you could have a, yeah. a wolf, two wolves, a female and a male that you know they're going to bang, and yet that's not a breeding pair. And so, right. um, you know, it, it doesn't really make sense, and they don't count that also as a pack either. So um, okay. huh. it, it's it's just a bunch of weird kind of bro science there that I don't, you know, again, I don't agree with. But I don't have yeah. letters after my name, so my my opinions invalid when you go talk to the ODF and W you go to these meetings and stuff so I was yeah. getting yeah. real fired up earlier uh because I was listening to Aaron's podcast or whatever and then I got fired up by myself on my way home thinking about <laughs> Oregon's governor sidestepping unilaterally the biologists yeah who said that they want like so Matt and Blaine the state of Oregon biologists from ODFW right like one of the main biologists or whatever said that they wanted, like they support the delisting of the gray wolf in Oregon. And our governor sent a letter that said, no, the state of Oregon does not support the delisting of gray wolves. Right. Coincidentally, like I think right after she had been to some pro wolf something or other meeting seminar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what sucks is that some of these guys on the wolves panels are also um, part of the anti um, hunting and, you know, pro wolf thing. So, you know, it it sucks because us as hunters are putting money into the industry to go out and pay these guys that are also putting money into the opposite end of the industry. So it's a lot of this doesn't make sense. But um, and and there's another there's another thing just to kind of segue off the wolves, if you guys are ready to do that, um, is is I, I don't get this thing about calling the hunting industry the hunting industry and how that's bad. Um, I, I get guys that correct other guys. Um, I see it all the time. Do you guys see that? Are they much? call it the, out, the outdoor industry or something. They, I they, haven't they, seen it. It's but... a dirty word. The hunting industry is kind of a dirty oh, word. God. Guys just hate saying it. It's like, okay, pick your battles. <laughs> like, what <laughs> yeah. are we? Yeah. But so, what are we doing here? Yeah. Like, yeah. uh, yeah. And I just seen that quite a bit is, is guys the, that, that it's just the hunting industry is just a, such a dirty word. It's like, well, what do you want me to call it? You know, like, yeah unicorn well rainbows. i know oh, I, I know garrett i saw you ranting about this was the whole <laughs> uh and if, if you're one of these guys or i'm sorry uh garrett fairchild okay i saw ranting I like, about I, this I, I, I uh you um and if you're garrett myself <laughs> garrett weaver if you're if you're one of these guys i i apologize uh but the whole like harvest versus kill thing like yeah. it like like own like own it like own own the fact that you killed something yeah. yes you you harvested its pelt you harvested its meat 
but to do that you killed something else mm, and, that, that and as as, as tactful as i <laughs> as tactful as i encourage people to be now like don't don't shy away from the like don't from the fact that you killed something like it's like if if you're buying a tag if you're going into the woods with uh, a gun or a bow like own the fact that you are about to end something else's life uh and, and that's you know and it's something that can't be taken lightly uh, uh by right by anybody uh and yeah, and you know it, i think the... people pe- people need to understand that we understand it's serious right that's uh, one of the things I, that yeah. bothers me like it it bothers me a lot when i see people say well yep i harvested this animal on such and such date it's like well no you killed it you might have harvested the meat, but let's call a spade a spade. Stop trying to hide behind words and playing semantics. You mm-hmm. you killed it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. fucking dead because you shot it with a gun or bow or whatever. Yeah. Talk yeah. like just own it because inevitably, like, I don't know how many times, like I used to try to gussy it up too, but then, you know, I have some vegan friends and they're like, why, you know, they ask the question, like, why do you say harvest versus kill? You killed that animal. I'm like, you know what? You're right. I did. I did kill it. And I thought that it looked better if I said harvested. And they're like, no, because you're not fooling us. Like, we know that you had to kill it to be sitting behind it. So why why do that? Like, I, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't help our cause anyways, because it just makes us seem disingenuous. It's like, well, yeah, why are you doing that? I like, will say, doesn't... like, I wrote an article one time, um, and, and then I had my, one of my Facebook groups kind of like tell me what they thought about it. It was about um, early season blacktails. Um, and get it done like ASAP for blacktails and how to do it. And, uh, you know, I was using the word kill. And then one of them's like, you know, it sounds way better in the article when you use the word harvest. And I read it. I'm like, it does sound better. I mean, it just kind of flowed better when writing it out, um, mm-hmm. you know, because it was how to kill um, a big early season buck or something like that. And then he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, I'm not one of those guys, but he's, it just looks better. Like when you read it, I'm like, so I, I can see certain scenarios when, when it does, but I, I'm on the yeah. same page as you guys. I mean, um, 99% well, of like, the time for, I say kill, you know? Yeah. For right. Like for writing purposes, I could see that because like you're just writing about, yeah, you're just writing about it. Like, but yeah. if you post a grip and grin and then you say harvest, with you know the animals normally covered in blood you're covered in blood you're holding whatever if you're not holding up the meat and saying look at this yeah backstrap that i harvested from this animal like no that you killed it you, you're sitting behind your kill that that's you're not point. sitting behind your harvest technically because you killed it yeah, that, yeah. that's a that's good where point. i'm at with it at least but that makes sense i never thought about it like that you know um until you talk about it and that's a good point i might have to steal that um yeah, I mean, you're harvesting everything off of the animal, but you're killing it to get it. So that's a valid yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, oh, go ahead, Blaine. Oh. No, whatever. I was, was going to segue. Just, yeah, I was just going to go back around to the wolf thing just quick. Um, I was going to say. Go for it. I don't, know any, I don't know anything about the wolf debate. I, I don't know a ton either myself, but just from. Okay, so right here, I just pulled this up from Minnesota anyway. So there's a. This is from 2018 but an estimated 2655 wolves in minnesota and uh 465 wolf packs from 2017 to 20 that was a 2017 to 2018 um estimate well i can tell you for a fact that there's way more than that because uh he's probably uh, just to save save him from uh 
maybe having people bash him or find out where he lives or who knows what, but a family member is uh, a government trapper. And uh, I know I wouldn't, I wouldn't say who I, I am either. No. If, if that's how. No. So I know he's uh, personally trapped and dispatched uh, well over a hundred wolves in a season, in a, in a summer, um, just within a hundred mile circle. And that's him alone. And uh, another guy that has killed, well, whatever, dispatched, trapped and dispatched well over double that Hmm. um, in another area. And that's, I mean, you can't tell me there's only 2,600 wolves in the whole state when uh, two two people take out 200 plus 300 wolves. In a relatively small area, right? And, And those are all, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, political correct bullcrap rings that they have to go through to do that. And, you know, there has to be proof that they've basically it's all um, wolves that have taken down livestock. Yeah. So they're, they have to go through a whole bunch of file a grievance for it. Yeah. Yeah, Right. So, I mean, you know, they got to go through a bunch of loopholes to prove that it was a wolf and this and that. And then it's, it's very well done, you know, tactfully done, but, um, it's a bunch of BS anyway, but anyway, I just wanted to put that out there that yeah, usually I'm numbers are way off. If, if you're trying to figure out how to become a government trapper. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he kind of had already, he's been like trapping is his thing. Like, right. But you know, so like I hear it's, I mean, there's money in it cause the government's the one foot in the bill. So they just right. kind of throw yeah. money at you. They're like, Oh, hey, it's, a, it's a heck of a good job to be honest. It's yeah, it, but it's hard to get your foot in the door. Oh yeah. I mean, he knows, he knows people. So right. he's, he's actually, he's a pretty big fish in the trapping industry, but or whatever trapping world. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the numbers, are i would just from my that experience um are nowhere near what what they're telling people so yeah it's kind of uh, uh disgusting to me actually but to to circle back around to the like who who do you think is making uh, uh the hunting industry uh better uh i know I, i'm personally and i'm kind of also speaking for the for the podcast uh i, I it, to to speak on the uh, on what what our podcast is more geared towards with heavier arrows and with you know better uh, uh, better setups. Uh, one of the main reasons is uh, because anti hunters use all these horrible shots of an arrow like halfway sticking out of an animal as part of their propaganda, as part of their anti hunting propaganda. And so I personally think that guys like uh, Brent Hahn over at Valkyrie. Uh, Jason Wojohowicz over a tough head, um, uh, another Garrett, uh, and Garrett Schleif over a grizzly stick. I think these guys that are pushing the like better arrow movement are also people. And in, in my personal opinion, and probably in the opinion of, of our hosts, uh, that are pushing the archery industry to be better. Uh, and guys like, you know, uh, Aaron Snyder, they're coming out with, with quality, uh, well, I guess, uh, Aaron and, Brian, uh, uh, with better, better arrows and, uh, and broad heads and just basically, you, you know, any of the, any of the guys that are just kind of anti anti gimmick, I think are, are helping the archery industry and the hunting industry as a whole, because the, 
uh, the wound loss ratio. If you look at like any study that's, uh, that's been done, uh, I know <laughs> he's, he's kind of, he's a bit controversial, but, the um, uh, ranch fairy, Troy Fowler, uh, he, uh, him and his, uh, hunting buddies down there keep like really like copious amounts of notes on like everything they've harvested mm-hmm. and they've and killed it, a lot. I mean, thousands of animals Endless. and yeah. uh, uh and when you look at the uh recovery rate like with arrows and, and arrow weight like there is a direct almost a direct correlation like it's it's kind of scary hmm. uh, and i'm not i'm not gonna like spill the beans on that yet because uh, i we will probably end up having troy and i want him to him to speak to it but point being if you shoot better arrows you have a better chance of harvesting animals and uh so i i personally think those like guys like that uh are uh are guys that are really really helping the archery industry right now yeah. as well so yeah i've talked to troy a little bit he's actually reached out wanting to be on the podcast and stuff we haven't been able to put it together yet but um he's yeah he was a heavy arrow component guy or a heavy arrow guy when i i believe when, mm-hmm. I, when I talked to him um, yeah he's a he's a believer in him for sure yeah uh i think i don't know if his well, that's, that's kind of why I didn't want to say a ton about it because I don't know. I don't know if it's public. I don't even know how I ended up with the document, but I ended up with the <laughs> documentation on like everything. Like it's him and like, uh, uh, what's, uh, not mine. Uh, there's some guy that, uh, helps him out at the ranch. It's got a, it's like a Hawaiian or Samoan sounded name. Uh, I can't remember but that guy. Uh, they manage all this data, um, for, for all these harvests. And like, I stumbled across it and I started like filtering stuff and I was like, let's filter by the, like, let's go with this weight and above. And the success rate was like, just went through the roof. Uh, so hmm. in- interesting stuff you should, you should pick his brain on for sure. Yeah. I'd be uh, interested. Cause I, I mean, is it for when he hits the animal? Like when you actually make contact? Cause I'd, I'd be curious to see what the miss ratio is too. Just to play the devil's yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I'd have to I'd have to look at the documentation yeah. again to see to see if he has misses yeah. uh, logged on there. He may not. Yeah, he t- may not. Trajectory can be your friend or, or not be your friend. And and I did a podcast. I keep referencing. I've done. Um, well, dude, you're done a few podcasts. We're hanging out. It's a collab. You've done a, yeah, you've done a lot uh, more than ours. So. I, I've done. A, I did a podcast with Brian Broderick called "The Point of Diminishing Returns," and I'm actually going to have a gentleman on the show who is an engineer who mathematically. Um, I had this equation in my head that because um, there's archery, archery calculators out there, but a lot of them don't take in consideration the efficiencies of bows once you start getting to a certain grain. And we so, just talked about that. Uh, yeah, you're you're gonna like our last episode. Yeah, that <laughs> that, that I sent to you. That you should listen to. I it. will. I will. Um, and you know, it's just it's frustrating. First of all, because then when I do these bow reviews, the guys are like, "Well, that doesn't match my calculator." I'm like, "Well, your calculator is bullshit." So, um, <laughs> yeah. but second of all. Um, I, 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 there has to be a point of diminishing returns. And I, and my idea was to get an archery calculator that has a, you plug in, you know, how fast you can shoot this arrow or whatever your archery set up. And then it tells you what the maximum efficient uh, weight is of the best hunting arrow you can shoot maximum weight before you start dropping off momentum. And, um, and it sounds like Kyle, do, do you want me, do you want me to go ahead and tell you what that number is? Because we already know. Oh, you do. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me. Well, I, I, well, I've heard eight grains per pound or whatever. I can tell you it's over 20 grains per pound. Is it really? Yeah. That's before it, like, that's where it's more or less. It it starts to, okay. (laughs) It starts to taper. It's still gaining, but it doesn't gain as fast Mm -hmm. at about 12 grains per pound, give or take. Uh, and that, that's on a modern compound. 
uh, I'm actually, uh, without, without spoiling too much of the fun, uh, I am in the middle of putting together a test where I will be shooting 10 of the most recent compound bows, all flagships, uh, with 10 arrow weights ranging from 350 to 1250 grains, uh, measuring draw force curves on every single one of them and measuring, uh, kinetic energy moment and momentum from zero to 50 yards, uh, and, and giving like a full readout on everything. And I would be willing to bet my bottom dollar. I'd bet my farm, bet my house that at 1250 grains, kinetic energy and momentum will continue to go up. Hmm. But at the same time, you're losing trajectory, which is my problem. With you it. are a hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. That's really like, that's what yeah, we that's, talk about the most is just choose whatever arrow weight that yields yeah. the trajectory you want. Right. So, so I, right. I mean, you're basically your, shooting because I weighed my bow fishing arrows the other day. You're you're in the range of a bow fishing arrow when you start getting into 1200 oh, yeah. grams. Yeah. 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 It's it's typically so the reason I, I'm going to 1250 is because that's what a lot of uh, a lot of guys goes go to use to hunt elephant. Oh really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, it, between the thousand 1200 grain range. Oh, uh, I've got I've got some arrows here that I've 50 grains with a with a freaking muzzy. <laughs> What's that? They're not shooting 350 grains with a muzzy. <laughs> oh, right. It's, <laughs> a, it's, a, wild, it's a crazy thing. Um, but yeah, so, and, and that's, uh, you know, you, you kind of asked us about like any blowback we've gotten. It The only, the only blowback that we've really gotten is from people that don't listen, that I can tell you don't listen to the podcast because a hundred times we've said shoot as heavy, like our, our basically our entire platform is shoot as heavy as you can where you are happy with the trajectory and try and put as much weight on the front of the arrow for flight benefits and uh uh, uh for uh, uh uh what am i looking for so it doesn't break uh structural integrity there we go uh and that's it but like that like be happy with your trajectory don't shoot something that you are uncomfortable with because then you're gonna miss and your confidence isn't gonna be there uh, and just make sure it's not going to break and make sure you have good arrow flight. That's literally the only three things that we really tell people. And somehow I am Satan incarnate for telling people this, which is just <laughs> yeah, how amazing to me. Right. And can I just touch on uh trajectory a little bit? Cause I'm a stick bow guy and yeah. What the hell's trajectory with the stick? Yeah. Bow? Cause I mean, <laughs> for me, I, sh- I, I like 630 to s- on up grains like i i've yesterday or whenever it was i was shooting a 725 grain arrow and out of a 50 pound longbow which technically longbows aren't as quite as fast or efficient as recurves mm-hmm. you know in general um i can still shoot up to 60 plus 60 70 i'm still arcing them you, in there yeah you shoot you shoot far whereas yeah like, most guys don't but the most guys don't also don't understand that even with a compound like your trajectory, you know, you you might have to move your twenty yard pin yeah. down some, but your pin but gap you really... change less at that longer distance. So yeah, like, right. yeah. Is if you once you have that heavier arrow, like I shoot, you know, I'm shooting four thirty <laughs> for my three D arrows, but mm-hmm. I know that like having my, I have my pin set on my backup bow, yeah, and that my pin gaps are pretty much the same and i shoot 550 out of that bow Mm -hmm. so like it's not like yes i have to have a lower 20 but my pin gaps are still pretty close 
Yeah. And I you're, bumped yes. up 120 grains. You're literally, I mean, the th- it's funny with archery because people that rifle hunters, it's a given that yeah, you're going to have understand to re- this. recite. If you're going to go from a, say you're shooting an OT6 classic round, right? The Swiss Army knife of rifles. The world. Swiss Army <laughs> knife of rifles, right? So say you're an average Midwestern hunter shooting a 150 grain bullet, right? At, for deer. Yep. Right? That's pretty common, whatever. And you want to take that same rifle and you're going to go up to Alaska, say, and you want to use that jack of all trades rifle for moose. You're probably going to shoot a 180 to 220 grain bullet, right? Just, it's just probably what what you're going to be shooting. Yeah, probably so. You're obviously going to be sighting in your rifle for that, right? You're not going to you're not going to leave it where it's at with your. I probably would. Load. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe you would, but in general, you gain a little dope. Got right. Yeah, but not, I mean, not drugs, kid. Not drugs. Data on previous. <laughs> data on previous engagement. Dope. <laughs> But I mean, you know, it's it's pretty much common sense, you know. To to you're just gonna have to reset oh. in, but it's really it's not it's not like people think, you know. If we have if we have learned anything about the archery industry since we have started this podcast and tried to grow it, it's that common sense isn't as common as you think exactly. it is, right? Well, common sense. Here's uh, I do safety for a living, and common sense. I talked about that all the time with my with my companies, and in um. I'm not sure where I picked this up from, but I probably stole it from somebody. And, uh, you know, common sense is, is a unique perspective based on one's experiences. So if they don't have those experiences, they don't have that perspective. And that's how we use yeah. common sense. So it's just guys not going out there and gaining the experience they need to gain that common sense. So yeah, I think definitely. that's why common sense isn't so common anymore. And, you know, like I take it like if I was going to go be an astronaut and I'd probably do some pretty non-common sense things. I'm like, dude. You undid the pressure release valve, you freaking <laughs> idiot! I'm like, I didn't know what that is, dude. Like, it's common sense. I'm like, screw you, you know. Like, I, you know, like so. That's that's how I view common sense. And but yeah, no, I agree. Like, if if you hunt for a little while or you or you get a little bit of experience, these things become common sense. And I think yeah. that's why people bash on you guys for saying that is because they don't have the experience. You know, you're getting bashed by right. guys that. It probably killed that bluegill we're talking about. So yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, right. you know, yeah. But there's always two sides to another story. You got the Tim Gillinghams of the world who shoot super light, super fast. You know, but mm-hmm. yeah. or you have the Tim and they're Gillingham. successful doing it. Successful as successful. hell. I have a uh, buddy down here that's killed. I think 13 rosies in a in a row now. Uh, every year he's Jeez, killed the rosies, and he shoots super light, super fast with a hinge. And uh, I'm like, dude, you and I could not be farther on the other ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. I'm like, I need to get you on the show just just to hear that other perspective. Brian Broderick yeah. and and Brent are not on the same page when it comes to building an arrow and an arrow setup. Like, they are not. Indeed. No. Indeed. Not at all. Uh, and so <laughs> I loved hearing Brent's side of the story and having Brian's side of the story and then letting people get their, you know, I, I choose pick what you want and run with it. If it works, get rid of it grab something else and figure out if that works like that's how i build my setups so yeah um yeah yeah just to talk about common a, sense a little bit i have a couple questions a I want to ask on Brian. that huh <laughs> you what i'm a i'm a tweener on that between valkyrie and day six thought processes i combine them both yeah yeah, yeah. that's where i have if it works it works yeah so well, you know with 
we talk about structural integrity all the time and then yeah brent advocate like i love brent i love his product however he advocates for the light gpi shaft and that's what yeah. that part scares me because right. i talked to him about yes that. it is unlikely to break in the front half but unlikely is not impossible it's just Right, improbable right. i'm pretty sure i think i i'm i think it was the guys off of uh trad geeks a guy was talking about how he was using like he was like over 30 percent front of center and like he was 32%. breaking his he was breaking his arrow on the back end because the yep. knock was splitting the back end of the carbon because he was using a crazy light gpi shaft and the structural integrity just wasn't there right mm-hmm. uh so that's yeah, the part think that I'm the whole arrow. Yeah, that's the part that I'm worried about. And you know, I I told Brent that, and he's like, "Oh, you're gonna you're gonna sacrifice so much FOC." I'm like, "I'm gonna sacrifice like three, four percent." He's like, "You know yeah. what guys will do to get that?" I'm like, "Yeah, I've done it the last two years, but yeah, I also yeah. had an arrow snap off the last foot <laughs> going through a mule deer on a pass yeah. through, and I don't know why it broke, but I don't want that yeah. first foot to snap off when I'm shooting an elk." So yeah, right, exactly. So what do uh uh won't let you out of here without you having to without you spilling the beans on what you what you plan on hunting with this year what uh what arrow setup you're running we won't grill you too bad I promise oh no 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 it's fine so I, I've been sticking with um well, I should be using a different arrow but right now I'm I'm using my Axis 340s um with a whatever great arrow Axis is a phenomenal arrow yeah I've been using it for ten years um I got the Elk River footer on there it's uh inch and a half long. And I'm shooting just about a 14% FOC. I'm kissing 14%. Uh, That's not bad. Yeah, 457 grain arrow. Um, going and I haven't chronoed my bow lately, but I'm guessing probably around 270. So mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and seeing that's uh, like that's uh, 270 is a respectable speed where it's like this is the speed that I'm comfortable at for trajectory. And I see a ton of guys that almost that's like the the happy number is between that like 260 to 280 is somewhere yeah, in there I, where, where they want to be. I like two makes, makes yeah. tuning a lot easier too. Yeah. Yeah. In oh, my for sure. Yes, it does. And man, when you, uh, from, from my experience, uh, and, and this is, this is when I, I started delving into heavier front of center arrows, uh, and didn't have the proper arrows to do it. The slower the arrow is the weaker of a spine you can get away with. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, because, and like you're, so your 340 might be like a, a shade weak, uh, but because you aren't shooting 300 to 320 feet per second, mm-hmm. you can get away with shooting a, a, you know, a decent fixed blade on there because you aren't getting like a ton of dynamic, you know, like a, a really weak dynamic, dynamic reaction on it. So, right. yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you and, sticking and with, a, oh, sorry, go ahead. Are you sticking with, uh, fixed blades this year? Uh, I shot that turkey with a with a mechanical because I I know it sounds bad, but I don't care about losing nah. a turkey as much as I do an elk. Nah, I, I I'll, I'll I, never I'll, I'll never really fall people for shooting a, a mechanical at a turkey. <laughs> it's a stupid bird. Yeah, so I I I got a pass through at fifty two yards um with a uh, new I, I or new rage no collar mm-hmm. uh, broadhead and one of the baits like bent pretty good. Um, I think the the ferrule might have slightly bent too, but yeah, the one of the blades bent. I'm like, okay, that's that's really impressive. So um, was it was it turkey. from was it from the turkey or was it did it hit something afterwards? I think it was from like, the did turkey. Did it hit like a rock was, or something? Yeah, I, I was asked that. I think it was from the turkey because it was in this really tall grass and there it was um 
it, there wasn't any big rocks around. It was just like this nice yeah. tall field, wood like wooded field. Like it was like right. hay inside the trees, and I didn't see any rocks. It was uh, yeah. I, I think it bent on the turkey. To be honest with you, I think I sent it right in the top of the hips, and then it clipped like the breastplate. And I think it bent on the breastplate. Yeah, it's a thick bone, man. Yeah. It's a really thick bone yeah. on the, on the so, breast of a turkey. An elk's thicker, you know, like. Yeah, I absolutely. I won't be using it on on big game. Uh, I I plan on shooting the day six arrow or the day six broadheads. Uh, I plan on shooting the uh, and uh, the annihilators. I plan on shooting the muzzy hybrid um, arrows or the broadheads. I might try the mm-hmm. sever, and if I go to Texas, I'll try the sever broadheads. Um, Exodus, I'll be trying Exodus. And yeah, I'll be trying all sorts of different things. That's, you know, um, that's why I really want to go to Texas this year is to kill a bunch of hogs and a big whitetail, but mainly is to, yeah. is, to, is to honestly is to get experience with more heads. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I did play around with the Hunter GT, um, pros and I put weight tubes in those. I put weight tubes in the Beemans. I put weight tubes in the defender elites, uh, which are a pretty cool mm-hmm. arrow, by the way. Um, cheap defender elite. Yeah. I haven't even heard of it. Yeah. Uh, check them out. Um, if you're into straightness, which I'm not really into straightness, but if you're into straightness, they're point zero zero one, and a, a dozen of them was like sixty nine bucks on sale. Um, I bad. Oh, it's a beeman. A beeman. Okay. Yeah, okay. And, and they're a good. Uh, they're a pretty damn good arrow. I'll be honest with you. Um, for for hmm. the money. Um, Man, they are cheap. They're on sale for like seven bucks each. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was pretty impressed when I built them up. I put weight tubes inside those so I could get you know the the weight forward where I wanted without having to. I was testing a bunch of other stuff, but yeah. So, um, I was testing weight tubes as well. So yeah, I, I, that's what I'm shooting this year is, is the, uh, 457 grain, 14% Eastern access FOC, uh, or yeah. With, with whatever broadhead is on it that day. <laughs> so, yeah. Did you shoot yeah. day six last year or no, I thought I, you said you shot a super heavy arrow last year, but I or sh- were you just testing a heavy arrow? Testing heavy arrows. Um, gotcha. I, I shot, the day six, um, I watched him get shot in the arrow um, destruction video I did with Bro, mm-hmm. uh, and they did pretty good. Um, they were having a, a few problems with the components breaking in one spot, but I think they fixed that since then. Yeah, yeah they they had a round two with their components. Yeah, and then um, my you know my my access arrow I think won. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that video, but in my opinion, oh, yeah? an access with a footer is damn near indestructible. Yeah. Good, good go. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it was. I completely agree. It, it survived. It was the only arrow to survive, and uh, it's. Wow. I think I still have it. But yeah, we we were shooting into uh, like angled plates, straight on plates, cylinder brick cylinders, uh, through plywood, and that thing handled it all. It handled everything. Um, the only thing yeah. that I think finally destroyed it was a muzzy trocar three blade, <laughs> because mm-hmm. the back of the blades split it like a like a banana. Oh, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, which is that. But yeah, I mean, um, the, the day six arrows, I'm a huge fan of them. Uh, I tested those, did a YouTube video on them recently, and I didn't do any broadhead tuning or any, any spine tuning, no knock tuning or nothing. And, uh, and they shot five different types of broadheads, um, without any tuning. All I did was, yoke. that's no, no liar. You're <laughs> lying, yep. lying. Well, I, I will say I did, I did yoke tune my bow previously to make sure that I was giving the arrow a, a you know, a fair start, but I, yeah. Oh, so you, so you, you tuned, you your, tuned bow. your bow. I tuned you, my bow, but I bow. didn't tune the, to do any tuning to the arrows itself. Well, that's so. cause you tuned your bow with the arrow. So you don't have to do anything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's conspiracies. There's tons of conspiracies. I actually tuned them with my axis. Oh, wow. 
So, yeah, you didn't even tune it with that arrow. No. But it was tuned. It was tuned, which, ah, God damn me for tuning my bow. <laughs> oh, my God. As, yeah. as, it's it's a wild like notion. Like, like, as long as you have a good dynamic reaction and your bow is tuned, you can shoot multiple broadheads and have the same point of impact. It's absolutely bananas. It's the craziest thing oh, I've ever man. heard. Yeah, I've done that out to 80 <laughs> yards just to prove guys wrong. It's just like, dude, no, shut up. No. Like, I, I even did it without lining the veins up. Yeah. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> oh, no. God, I, that's that was one of the ones I wanted to put on the myth episode for myth for, uh, you're doing a myth uh, for episode? episode one. Oh, yeah. we, were, we were gonna. I was gonna do one of those. You guys already did that. That's uh, the one that's I sent okay. you. Oh, that's yeah, the one you sent. So, I'm definitely gonna have to listen yeah. to that episode. I'm driving around for work tomorrow, so I'll, I'll knock that one yeah. out. We didn't. We didn't It'll, cover uh, them all. I'm pretty sure. Uh, we yeah, we only, we only covered four. Yeah, <laughs> see, I was four, I was but, gonna uh, have um, Chris Dunlap on the show. We were gonna do something like a myth Brit, like a MythBusters episode. So you still should. Yeah. Yeah, I might yeah, have dude, to listen to yours and steal some of your ideas or something. <laughs> yeah, dude, do it. Absolutely. What did we do? We did uh, uh, super tuning, uh, um, speed calculators, string jump, and fixed blade flight. Those were the four There is one speed calculator that does have a disclaimer on it, though. So I think they all do. We do that. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're we're building one. Well, Rob's already built one. That's like that. I can guarantee. Well, it depends on the cam style of your bow, but literally every person we, we, we talk to a lot of people that are like, oh, this is this is what I'm interested in shooting. Like, what do you think my speed will be? And when I plug it in Rob's calculator and then get confirmation later, I don't. And this is like arrows normally well north of 600 grains. Mm. Uh, I don't think Rob's calculator has been off by like more than two to three feet per second. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it uh, so accurate he, on he, the light side though? What's that? Is it accurate on the light end? Like, yes, yes. So, so what he did, and this is the, this is kind of like, this was my spoiler alert for telling you like <laughs> how I know, uh, bows don't lose, uh, uh, don't lose energy until you're well over 20 grains per pound is, Rob built this calculator shooting his wife's uh, spirit, uh, uh, elite spirit, uh, shooting arrow. It's a 40 pound bow, arrows down to 300 grains to over 900 grains. Uh, and he basically uh, engineered the shit out of this. Uh, and uh, he basically took like a, like a, he gave like a bonus for like every amount uh, that, that it went up and he, he he long i'm doing a horrible job explaining this but he created a calculator based off of uh the efficiency gain that he got uh uh on out of that bow and it seems to be like really accurate so that's cool uh we're we're working on uh creating that for like an for an online calculator not just a local one what, so what you guys should uh, also do just while you're doing a bunch of other cool things is create a thing that you can shoot and it tells you uh what your uh, what your momentum is <laughs> like a punch yeah, machine yeah oh uh who i was just listening to a podcast uh oh it it was it wasn't a podcast it was a it was a ranch fairy video where troy was oh it's because troy shot a uh a hog with like a kid's bow and it was like a 600 grain arrow or something like that. And if you, and when he put in his momentum, like uh, in that calculator, it was like, Oh, your arrow is suitable for groundhogs. <laughs> and, and he killed like a, like 125 or 130 pound boar uh, with it. <laughs> and so he was just like, Oh, this is kind of weird. So yeah. If you yeah. look at the uh, archery charts, it says like 60, 
five grains for big game up to moose. That's like, and that's kinetic energy. It's like, I don't know how much these charts I trust, man. Like, uh, first no. of all, yeah. a chart that says kinetic energy, I'm going to say, uh, I'm not listening to you. Um, every, yeah. yeah, every, I think that was the first, one of the first interactions you and I had, cause I had listened <laughs> to your tooth of the arrow uh, podcast and I was like this guy is saying kinetic energy far too often for me to listen to what he's saying I, I noticed that too Luke's, Luke's a cool guy and I was going to ask him like why are you using this I asked Brent that on the episode too yeah um, it, well it's because I don't really blame the guys that are like in the industry for doing it because it's easy for people to understand and that's what people gravitate towards yeah like they understand it but they're not understanding it the right way it's disingenuous because they're like kinetic energy is sure it's important but not without the momentum value right well but just saying like 80 pounds of kinetic energy is way more sexy than saying 0.62 slugs right but how did you how are you getting that 80 pounds of kinetic energy because we all know that yeah if you get 80 pounds with a 300 grain arrow versus 80 pounds with a 600 grain arrow the 600 grain arrow wins yep i uh Actually, last week I reached out to a uh, uh, a professor here at one of the local colleges to see when they could come on sometime this summer, a physics professor, to talk about kinetic energy versus momentum. So mm. hopefully, hopefully we have that guy on pretty soon. Yeah, he seemed uh, he seemed pretty smart. I read just one of his more. papers and I was like, he's smarter than me. So just, just more of the marketing mumbo jumbo. Yeah, no, it's exactly yeah, that, what it that's is. That's another thing we need, to, we need to do as a, as a collective of, of influencers or content producers is momentum. I mean, it, it's not even a heavy arrow thing. It's, no, it's just momentum. Yeah, it's momentum. momentum. It's like, why that's the where hell it... is that even in there? Like, it, it doesn't yeah. even make sense to me. Like, get yeah. rid of that. Get rid of it. We don't need it. It doesn't make sense. only thing we should be focused on as archers, it's not even an opinion. It's just, I guess, I guess it technically is an opinion, but... It doesn't have a place. We might as well talk about you know batting averages when we're talking about it. like it. It doesn't even make sense. And, and guys, right? You know, I was talking to Brian. He's like, you know, guys over there where he lives, he call it knockdown energy, right? It's like they're not, you know. So it's it's just a really yeah. gross misunderstanding of of what it actually is. I mean, it. I don't know. I, I, was, I was talking to Brent about that, and he, we kind of both got on a soapbox. But yeah, so um, I'm glad you guys are on the same page as that. I think as content producers, that's something that we need to educate people on man yeah. actually that'd, yeah. that'd make a good youtube video i might do that you should do it yeah yeah piss a bunch of people we'll share we'll, we'll we'll share it <laughs> y'all yeah, be that guy i want to make a shirt that says i'm that guy <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh after uh after we stop recording i'll tell you some of the shirts that we have thought up for uh ata that are gonna stir some shit i'm i'm sure i'm really I, god we we have to get out there we have to find somebody to go to ata and wear shirts anyway uh all right well that i mean man we've been rambling for about two hours now uh any, anything else you guys want to cover chit chat about i don't know um we good well we kind of touched on it with the wolves thing but uh just in general who have you interacted with that you think is like-minded, like as far as like the quote unquote industry is concerned and things like who's going in the right direction. Like, cause we, you know, we want to promote people that are like-minded and are kind of going against the, the mainstream status quo. Like that's one of our yeah. main things that we want to do here 
Um, you know, yeah. I, we, I don't, I don't, I don't blame you if you haven't hung out with those guys very much because <laughs> that's that's uh that's kind of our our realm, I guess. As far as companies, Garrett, or oh well, more people like individual, like because you know Garrett's pretty deep into his podcast yeah. journey and YouTube right. too. So like, who have you encountered that you yeah. know is along the same lines? God, that's a good question. You know, the, we already we already mentioned a bunch of the uh, guys that we've already talked about, you know, the Aaron Snyder's and the, and the Corey Jacobson's and stuff like that. But, um, you know, Chris, Chris Dunlap's one, I, I'd go for the ones that aren't, um, is known, you know, Chris Dunlap, uh, Royce, my buddy Royce from the bow hike who I, you didn't get to meet. Um, mm. the guy's funnier and shit. And I wish he did more with his podcast cause he could do. I listened to your podcast with him that you just dropped and that was pretty good. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> that was a fun one where uh, Wes talked about getting butt plugged <laughs> by a trident. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good guys um, out there in the industry, and I'm trying. I'm drawing some mind blanks, but yeah, the Chris um, Corey Miller um, is another mm-hmm. great one. He was kind of slid under the uh, the radar here uh, those last couple of years. I feel like, um, you know, gosh, who else? I would say. Uh, the born and raised guys, except uh, Cody, would probably be my caveat to that because he's secretly a gear guy. I don't think he likes me t- saying that, but he's he knows his way around <laughs> the bow. He knows his way around the arrow setup, and he's but, you know, very smart. Like I don't, I don't mind the like that's how those guys make their living. Mm-hmm. Like not, I mean now it is like, but before it wasn't. So like, I yeah. their their heads are in the right place too. Like they're stewards of yeah hunting like they are going in the right direction they're not selling themselves like all the stuff that all the brands that they use they were already using so i have zero qualms with what they're doing yeah i like i like what um you know he gets a lot of hate but i like cameron haynes and what he what he does for the for the hunting community um you know he gets a lot of hate from a lot of guys um some of man his, i don't get that i i mean some of his bear hunting j- posts are a little um facetious um where he's you know he's, he's, the dude runs a lot he's like, a bear with a knife. you know he's got this knife and he's right on you know he's got a really cool photo i mean he's 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 got a knack for for taking really good social media pictures with a bear and a knife in the picture and it's like you know these guys are like oh yeah you'd fuck that bear up you know i'm like man like 80 pound bear would probably f any human up and, and that's like 200 oh, pounds like, i'm like you know like please don't don't get mauled like i yeah, I, I, so there's, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, I, Hollywood there, but, um, the guy's legit. I've shot next to him. Um, and, and oh, he can shoot a bow ran neck. Yeah. yeah he can shoot dead. a bow. He is totally legit with the running, the lifting, everything I've seen it. Um, he yeah. slapped my hand going downhill. He was like three miles ahead of me, um, on one of his run things. And, uh, he's like, keep it up brother. I'm like, yeah, I'm not even like, <sighs> it's like, oh my god dude like i hate running and you're smiling going downhill like going 15 miles an hour like he's legit. like i'm miserable right now he's legit but he you yeah. know he he does you know i i'm i'm a fan of guys that run their own lane and, I, and i'm a fan of detail and i'm a fan of hard work that guy does it all shoots a heavy arrow yep. um you know he, he's super hard he's one of the hardest working guys you'll ever meet um, you know, and, and I'm also a fan of, of the Tim Gillinghams who shoots a super light arrow. You know why? Cause he stays in his lane and he does what works for him. So, um, I, you know, the, there's a lot of guys out there that I don't even necessarily agree with, but they do what they do and, and they run their lane. And, and I love that. So between Tim Gillingham shooting a 350 grain arrow to, 
you know, uh, <laughs> day six, Brian Broderick shooting a 680 grain or whatever it is, you know, like I just love guys that specialize in something. They make it work. They, they believe in something and then they share it. And so, um, that's, I guess my soapbox for the end of the podcast. Yep. Well, if it, if it works, don't change it. Yeah. I'm getting pass throughs yeah. on bull elk at 50 yards. So, you know, and that's with a 457 green arrow going to usually 282 feet per second. So, yeah, we also, you know, we're also like for us, we've said it, we said it in episode one and we probably should create a soundbite in the beginning, but shot placement is assumed like good shot placement is assumed. <laughs> but if, you know, once the arrow leaves your bow, you're not in control anymore. So that's why we advocate for a well-built arrow and then yeah, heavier, as south. heavy as you can make it and be comfortable. Like yeah. that's, that's where we're at with it. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, who do you guys look towards, I guess? I'd be, I'd be curious because you guys really know your stuff. It's fun to hear some things that I, you know, I've learned from you this podcast. So, I mean, who do you guys point to? Uh... Well, I kind of, I kind of already spilled, I like talked about mine already, uh, with, uh, Ranch Ferry. you know, Brent with, with, well, with, uh, Brent, uh, and, uh, Jason Wojo, or Wojo over a tough head. Uh, I, I mean, hell, to be honest, like if, if we're talking about just like true inspirations for people that I think did more for the archery industry than others and they stayed in their lane and they did something incredible, I think Dr. Ashby is one of those people and there's a reason that safari club international has an award named after him mm. uh and only one person a year gets it and it's extremely extremely difficult to, it's basically like the heisman of hunting mm. for the year for safari club international mm. uh and and he like 30 years of research to just be ridiculed by all of the uh uh archery industry over here did it all on his own dime and no one has really come out with science that proves otherwise of what he, what he, what he did. So there's, there's been plenty of science that proves that he was right. Late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but I mean, and, and there's things that he's kind of, you know, he's, he's changed over the years from, you know, stuff that he said 30 years ago. He's like, Oh, well, this is what I ended up finding out later. Uh, and, but I mean, for just true, like somebody I'm like, and uh, Garrett, Schleif mentioned this in our in our last podcast with with Grizzly Stick that they went to uh, they went to ATA uh, one year and uh, there was uh, Ed Ashby who uh, sitting there who has killed I mean I, actually I I'm pretty sure I I know the number like down within a hundred so I'm not going to say it because it's big it's a lot it's a lot a lot like a lot a lot a lot of animals and he's sitting there on one side of the aisle. And then on the other side of the aisle is a like a hunting couple TV show personality. And the TV personality couple had a line like 100 people long to get autographs. Hmm. And then the guy who essentially made bow hunting in Africa legal, who has killed probably more than anyone in that line combined, is sitting on the other side, like being completely ignored. And like that's I just think that's the that's the culture and that that was a couple years ago but that's i think that's just kind of the the culture of the hunting industry and that's just why i have even more respect for the guy than than i i did before because he did all this knowing he wasn't going to get a ton of glory and uh anyway that's my soapbox and and shout out to him (laughs) for you know i'm never really married to an opinion until 
I'm hardly ever married to an opinion. I'm not willing to die on any idea. I constantly evolve my opinions. My hunting arrow weights seem to get a little heavier every year. My FOC seems to get a tiny bit, one, two percent higher every year. So, you know, shout out to him who's willing to change his opinion and, and evolve with what he finds. It's these guys that are married to these opinions that are half the time they're they're probably not even close to being where they should be or right, but yet they killed right. one deer and they broke or had a success. And then all of their opinions is formed on that one thing. Would you rather have a guy that has killed 10 animals and knows everything about something or, and is willing to die on an anthill or a guy that's had a thousand and says, I don't know, I'm still figuring it out. You know, like there's something to be said about that. So, you know, I really respect yeah. that. Said, yeah, I'm in, absolutely. I'd say that I'm influenced a lot by, a lot of people, but usually the ones that, you know, they are more humble. Like even if, you know, other people hate on them for not being like claiming they're not humble or whatever. It's like, no, he's doing the work. So I can't like, that's, I have uh, like, no I, like that's why I don't, saying. I don't, I don't get the hate with cam because everyone's like, Oh, he's, he's the most arrogant. Like, you know, what, whatever they say all this. I'm like, like, is I'm, he arrogant like, or are you just insecure because he's doing exactly things that you could never yeah, because do he, he, years he, of training? Like, which yeah, is he's it? showing his hard work. Yeah. Like, good, like good on him. Like, hell, if I get up and start running 15 miles every morning before I go to work, I'm probably going to post an Instagram video about it. Damn it. I because I, I run three. <laughs> I post. I ran three miles. You know, give me a yeah, freaking I see you posted your three miles. And I'm like, I don't think I could run three miles right now. I missed my goal <laughs> yesterday. My three mile run yesterday. I missed my goal by two seconds. I was pissed. Oh. <laughs> yeah and i blame it on these bikers but really i could have just ran harder but i blame it on these bikers that were like blocking the freaking bike path and i had to run like 10 yards around them i'm like you freaking mm, bitch. but you know again i could either do that yeah. or i could just say you know what next time i'm gonna run harder i'm gonna get it so um, yeah but and, and, yeah. and i said this on my talking about cameron haynes um you know, I, I said something to the effect that, you know, they don't make statues of critics. And, and when you have a guy that's out there doing exceptional things, it exposes mediocrity. And yep. mediocrity, mediocrity is another word for average. And most people are average and they don't like being exposed. So, um, you know, and I think that's what Ashby does. He exposes a lot of people's setups. I think you guys expose a lot of people's flaws in their thinking or um, get people to throw a wrench in their in, in their head and like it just grinds their gears that they don't understand why why you're thinking like this and so um i value you guys your guys's podcast and, and what you guys bring because i've listened to a couple of them and and i was just kind of smirking the first time i listened to them like these guys don't give a shit like they they don't <laughs> do care not. like they are gonna <laughs> say what they think and i i respect that so um you know i i'm kind of of the same mind and uh you know it, i don't get a lot of, i don't get a lot of feedback because i think guys understand that you know, I'm so unbiased. It don't matter. Like I'm, I don't have an agenda. My agenda is accuracy and effectiveness and what works, you know, that's, I think you guys are of yep. the same mind. So. Yep. They're cut from the same cloth. Yes. Yes. You guys probably from the better side of the cloth, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say it's that. Debatable. You haven't known us long my, enough yet to, to make that opinion. <laughs> But yeah, so thanks, thanks for having me anyway. on the show guys. And, and, um, yeah, thanks for I would, uh, absolutely love to collaborate in the future. And if you guys ever have an episode, um, or if I can ever have you guys on the show, we'll have to put something together. Definitely. Yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Well, you, you and Garrett, you and Garrett aren't too far away from each other. So if you guys ever want to meet up and yeah. knock something out, then by all means, I owe you some trigger pellets anyways. So 
<laughs> Nonsense. <That's right. laughs> Blaine, any any signing signing off words? Not really. No. I'm well, good. fine. I didn't, I'll I didn't find want to talk anyway. Blaine's a man a few words as it is. Yeah, I feel bad. I yes, feel like I talk most of the podcast. So sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it was great. Uh, do you do do you do any sort of fun sign off thing or no? I'll see you on the next one. Bye. That's my thing. There you yeah. All right. Ours is, uh, <laughs> my wife makes fun of me. <laughs> oh, yeah? yeah. There she is. Uh, well, well, there's there's your sign off. And I guess uh, we'll sign off. Then this whole thing will be done. So, hey, I thanks for coming on, dude. I really appreciate it. I'm glad yeah, we get together good. and do this. Likewise, guys. I'll see you on the next one. <laughs> Bye. Yep. Stay lethal. <laughs> and don't forget the olive oil. There you go. <laughs> see ya.